welcome to the Sports Carnage Podcast, presented by Detroit Sports Nation, featuring Paul Roshan, A.J. Riley, Ryan Griffin, and Matthew Bassett, bringing you the most arrogant takes on the planet straight to your ears. We don't promise to always be right, but we promise to act like we are. What's up, y'all? Along with... AJ Riley, Paul Roshan, Ryan Griffin, I'm Matt Bass, and welcome to Sports Carnage, week number something another of no sports, but they are right around the corner, and we're just itching along with y'all until they actually get here. Baseball starts when, AJ? A uh, week from today or tomorrow, the 24th, I think. All right, and basketball starts when, Ryan? July 30th. July 30th. Two uh, weeks straight from today when we're recording, yeah. but when you guys hear it. It's going to be a little bit closer. Yep, yep, yep. All right, so we got baseball right around the corner, basketball following up, hockey's right around the corner as well. They're up in their bubbles up in Canada. And uh, football, we are all in the waiting and seeing game. We'll, we'll see college football <laughs> in the spring. So in the meantime, we got games for you. So we're diving right on into... Who in the blue hell are you? Who the hell are you? So, Ryan... Your man's three-time All-Star, one-time NBA champ, also part of the All-Rookie Squad, and he has played with the deal from Park Hill, the 6'3", Chauncey, Billups, the truth, Paul Pierce, and Flash himself, D. Wade. When would he have played with Wade? Okay. I don't think he played with Wade. Three-time, you said three-time All-Star. One-time champ. Part of the NBA All-Rookie Squad. Chauncey Billups, Paul Pierce, Dwayne Wade. I have two guesses. I don't know if either are right. One guy I don't think is a three-time All-Star, and one guy I don't think played with Dwayne Wade. This sucks. No, the second guy definitely didn't play with Dwayne Wade. This is a hard one. I'm not gonna lie, he's coming hard for that ass. Say Antoine Walker? Yes, so buddy. Wow. How? Wow. Good pull. How? Wow. But how? Wow. <laughs> hey Walker. I'm surprised he's an all-star three times. Employee number eight. I make wow. baskets. Antoine Man. Walker. Played with Chauncey <laughs> in the late 90s for Boston when it's Chauncey was so there for a good. hot minute. Had a long career with Paul Pierce when the Celtics weren't quite good enough to get the job done, but almost. 90s through 03, and he won his chip with Shaquille O'Neal, Dwayne Wade, and the 06 Miami. I'm gonna be honest, this is not a good start for us, AJ. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, the championship totally it. escaped me. I was focused on the teammates and the. This is because my other guest was Stefan Marbury. This is already and the the, the not championship. Didn't this is already auspicious, like. Nah, he's making pulls like that to start. Back, back with a vengeance, Woo! baby. All right, <laughs> Ryan, that was phenomenal. Work. Yeah, that was that was real good. That was impressive. But I got my game face on. Like I'm ready to go tonight. <laughs> I'm a, I'm already a broken man. Well, right, well don't get too broken. I, I did hear I did hear Paul's last week say that AJ's were the hardest, and that's what I was thinking too. <laughs> like when I was doing it, I was like, man, AJ has some tough ass ones. It's, but maybe again, it's just baseball. But it's hard. That's the only like thing. I don't know quite how hard AJ's are because I'm not that old and I don't know baseball the way AJ does. So I can't fully gauge them, but they sound on the surface exceptionally difficult. Some are harder than others. There's just so many moving parts, especially when guys 
jump teams so many times at the end of their career. That's what makes it a little more difficult. Yeah, I can see that. So. Alright, Paul. Your man's is a six-time Pro Bowler, a four-time All-Pro, and run one Rookie of the Year. And he has played with Randall Cunningham, Warren Sapp, and Brett Favre. Six-time Pro Bowl and four-time All-Pro? Yep. Oh, it's not going to be... <laughs> I feel like he would have more Pro Bowls than that. And we at the 30-second mark. He was also Comeback Player of the Year one time. What seconds. was the player in between Favre and uh... No, Randall Cunningham? It was Randall Cunningham, Warren, Warren Sapp, Sapp, and Brett Favre. And Brett Favre. Five seconds. Two. One. Need an answer. <sighs> Don't forget to just guess. Two. One. Answer. About two. Anyone else hear anything? I didn't hear anything. No. Ryan? Is that Reggie White? Nope. Derek Brooks. AJ? No. Randy, Randy, Randy from Rand University. Randy Moss. Really? Oh. Jesus Christ. What? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm so mad. What did Randy Moss play with? He played with Warren Sapp on the Raiders. I forgot that Sapp played on the Raiders. Yep. Oakland, and he, and he played with Favre in Minnesota for four games. Yep. Oh my God, Warren Sapp screwed me so hard. That's my favorite player ever. I'm so mad. I know you I should be. So you like, should be. At, at first, I was thinking Derek Brooks, but I didn't know the name. I was like, "There's this dude on Tampa that was just sweet," and I blanked on his name. <laughs> Dang, man. God, God man, one. Warren's. Oh, was, was there anyone you considered like, that was not Warren Sapp in that question? Of course there were. <laughs> right, he could have said Tom Brady. Yeah, he could have said Tom Brady. Man. Could have said Wes Welker. Warren Sapp really Man. screwed that for me. I could have. I could have said. I could have said Colin Kaepernick because he was there for a hot minute in San Francisco. I was thinking of like Packer receivers too. I was like Antonio yeah. Freeman. No. I, <laughs> I, like I thought the comeback player of the year because you know he kind of sucked ass in Oakland and then came back in New England. Who was the first player you said? Randall Cunningham. Randall Cunningham. I didn't know. I didn't know he won well, comeback player. Quarterback in Minnesota. Sense. I just didn't know it. No, I, I didn't hear you through all the. Randall Cunningham, who yeah. was his quarterback yeah. in Minnesota. Before Culpepper, yeah. right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, that ninety-eight, that ninety-eight squad that was like one of the best offenses you ever seen was Randall Cunningham. Yeah, Ra- Warren Sapp really screwed me. And Chris Carter. God. I thought for a minute it might have been Chris Carter, but I was like, no. I don't think he ever played with Sap. Okay, Ryan's up oh, one nothing on us. All right, AJ. Okay, Yo, man's. I ain't got much for you except for one crazy kind of stat 
along with the fact that he was a four-time All-Star. Okay. But already he, harder. He <laughs> is one of only five men ever in the history of baseball to hit 40 home runs and have no more than 40 strikeouts in a season. Okay. And he's also the only one to do it more than once. Okay. And he's played with Gus Bell, Bill Mazeroski, and Frank Robinson. Ted Kluzowski. What? Who? Ted Kluzowski. Who? Get... Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I quit. I'm done. I quit. I it's like, like AJ has his fat head on his wall right now. Like, I got you, Ted. Don't make you proud. It's Ted Klazuski. What? How? How, uh, How the hell you know that? Well, you, given my gigantic brain and wonderful memory. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, the, the I mean, death it. Day. You put two and two together, he's the only one of the five members of that club that doesn't have a World Series championship. But why do you know that? Why do I know anything about the history of baseball? Because I, like, study. There are five players in the history of baseball with yeah. 40 home runs. Melot. And plus, and no more than 40 strikeouts. An entire I'll give season. Melot, Johnny Mize, Lou Gehrig, and Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess if you knew the five, it's, it's probably a pretty easy question to answer. This man just knows the five. five. He just knows the five. Like I'm picking the back of my hand. I know what I'm looking at. He knows the five. So I don't. I don't think. I don't know if I could have got that with Google. Like I don't know if the internet would have helped. I'd have. I'd have. I told y'all I I have my game face on tonight. I don't know if the internet would have helped me. Clearly, you got your game face on tonight. Round two, so I can salvage. Yeah, that's crazy. All right, Ryan. Moving on. It's not hard. Your man's, your man's is a 14, 14-time All-Star and a 12-time All-NBA member. And he's played with Dennis Rodman, Jerry Stackhouse, and Michael Finley. second mark ryan you still with me it's all quiet over there i am all right uh i forgot to mention he's also won an mvp an nba championship and a finals mvp i I don't man i have a guess and it makes sense except for the dennis robin part this is stupid is the only one one champion or one is he a multiple champion or one one time champion one time mvp does all the time I do it all the yeah. time right who you got I got Dirk Nowitzki you damn right you got Dirk Nowitzki <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna just wait for when he played he with played, Dennis Robin he played Dennis Robin in, in 1999 1999 yeah. Dennis Robin went to Dallas that was my first like 14 time 12 and I was like okay Dirk and then I heard Dennis Robin and I was like did nope. Stackhouse go and then it was and then and then it was Stackhouse and Finley, and I was like, wait a minute. Wait, Stackhouse started with the Mavs, didn't he? 
No, no, Stackhouse ended with the Mavs. He was there from 04 to 09. Ended with the Mavs. So, so the Pistons. He didn't baby. start. Did we draft him? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we drafted him and traded him to Washington. To Washington. For real. Yeah, Jerry Stackhouse was a beast for us. Yeah, for I know. I know. Didn't I hold on to him. And Michael Finley, that man has looked like he was 45 since he came into the league. Yeah, that's true. He's got an old man face. And he is there for a long ass time. I feel bad for Finley because he deserved a championship with that sweet. team. He was sweet. Him, him, Dirk, and Nash. So did you need the one-time MVP, one-time champ, and one-time finals MVP? I held that off no, for a reason. because my, my <laughs> other guess was Duncan, which is why I asked about the Number the of championships. championships? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Robin ever played with Duncan because Robin was in Dallas. I mean, uh, uh, in San Antonio before he went to Chicago. Yeah. When did and Duncan, Duncan wasn't drafted? there yet? Uh, Duncan got drafted in '98. Yeah. So I don't think yeah, he yeah, would yeah. never cross paths with Robin. Yeah, Robin was already yeah. in Chicago. No, I just didn't know he ever played in Dallas. Like it was Dirk and Duncan to me, and I was like, well, I think Duncan played with Robin. I don't think Dirk did, but, <laughs> Other way but everything else points <laughs> towards Dirk. All right, Paul, I'm going to recommend that you actually take a guess in your allotted time. This I time. wouldn't have got it last time anyway. <laughs> Doesn't matter. At least you had a chance. You definitely I, don't have a is. chance. It's like leaving I a thought you short, learned man. this last week when you guessed and you were correct. Uh, that you need to stop being afraid of being yeah, wrong and throw a guess it's out It's hard. There. It's hard. Mentality to break. All right. Well, this man's... He's an eight-time Pro Bowler, a three-time All-Pro, and he's played with Vincent Jackson, Lorenzo Neal, and Drew Brees. Eight-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro. Vincent Jackson, Lorenzo Neal, Antonio Gates? Yes. That was my guess. Sir, hey, there you go. There it is. Rebound. Back. Nicely done. Good job, Paul. Thank Nicely God. Nicely done. Didn't get skunked. Thank God. <laughs> Salvageable season. All right, AJ. Your man's is a nine-time All-Star, an eight-time Silver Slugger, and he's won himself an MVP. And he's played with Pedro Martinez, John Lackey and Tim Salmon. Alright. You said nine time All Star, eight time Silver Slugger. Yep. One time MVP. One time MVP. Play with Pedro, Lackey, and Tim Salmon. My neighbor's doing like yard work or saw work. I'm sure y'all can hear that. Um, no, I'm sure I'll pick it up in the recording though. Let's see. Nine time all sorry, eight time silver slugger. Pedro. MVP. Pedro, John Lackey, Tim Salmon. Don't have any other accolades for you. Um, Do you have a fourth clue or no? Pick it off the ground all day long. Could pick it off the ground all day long. Five more seconds. Three, two, uh, mo- one. Move on. No. Yeah. Dustin Pedroia. Nope. Nope. Paul? I couldn't even begin to 
I don't know when all those players played. Vladimir Guerrero. Uh, I thought you meant defense when you said pick it off the ground, you jerk. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, that man could hit a golf, hit a yeah. ball like it was a he golf ball. He hit one that bounced. Right off the ground. He hit Pop. one that bounced yep. one time. Yes, he did. Is that... What does that count as? <laughs> a live ball. It's yeah. no different than a ball bouncing and skipping past the catcher. He just hit yeah, it. Just because he saw the ball by the... <laughs> but would it count as a hit or a wild pitch? A hit. Yeah. I, yep. He kind of hit the ball. I actually didn't know you could hit it. I don't know. It just seems Dang weird. it, Matt. I mean, you, you can got swing me with that stinking last clue. Sorry. Well, th- so there were clues within clues. Tim Salmon has only been a, a California, an Anaheim, and a Los Angeles like of Anaheim. That's not true. It... Yes, it he is. He played for the the uh, Cardinals. No, that's Jim oh, Edmonds. That's Jim that's Edmonds. Jim Edmonds. Oh, well, I, I feel theory. like he hit a ball I, that I hit the ground. Should have been a clue. That wasn't okay. a. That wasn't the clue. His clue was he can. The clue pick was that it. he could just. No, it. I feel like it should have been. He has a son like, currently. I, I no, that can't no, be a if clue. He that's, an, that's a giveaway. If he would have said that, I would have known right off the bat. It would not have yeah, helped me. A, <laughs> yeah, but I knew it would have helped AJ. Oh man, I had Tim Salmon and Jim Edmonds mixed up. So Pedro and him were teammates in Montreal yeah. in for one year, as far as I could tell, nineteen ninety seven. And then Lackey on the John. Angels, right? Lackey yeah. on the Angels for five years together. Tim Salmon at the end of Salmon's career from 04 to 06. Dang it, man. I just want you to know. I hate I when I do that. I hate when I, like, think I'm thinking about the right player, and then it's... Oh, yeah, I've been there. Freaking Edmonds. In 20 years, I'm going to be unstoppable at this game. That's uh-huh. probably not true. <laughs> Once we finally right, well, get our Acorn sponsorship, because we are back on. <laughs> All right, Ryan. Last one of the night for you. This man is an eight-time All-Star a three-time All-NBA member and a six-time member of the All-Defensive Squad, and he's played with T-Mac, Penny, and J-Kid. Eight-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA, six-times All-Defense, and he's played with Tracy McGrady, Penny Hardaway, Jason Kidd. Jesus. Um, At 30 seconds. He's also won the rebounding championship a couple times, as well as defensive player of the year. Six-time All-Defense, Defensive Player of the Year. Eight-time All-Star. Ah, eight-time All-Star. Damn it. Oh, and he's also the he's also the three-time Block Champion. Oh, is it Yao Ming? No. See, I I was thinking Yao Ming, but he never left Houston. Right. So, Paul, who you got? Sean Marion. Uh, AJ, who you got? I don't know. Sean Marion. Oh. No. Paul? Paul, do you have an answer? Because I think I know it. It's not It's not going to count, but I think I know it. I'm just saying I'm wagging my fingers at every single yep. one of you. The Kimbe oh, no, Mutombo. No, no, no. The Kimbe Mutombo. Oh Eight-time All-Star. Three-time All-NBA. Six-time All-Defense. Four-time oh Defensive God. Player of the Year. Three-time Block Champion. Two-time Rebound When did he champion. play with Kidd? He played with Kidd in New Jersey. In 2002. Jeez. Actually, one of the Are years that sure? they went up. 
for the championship. When did he play with Penny? He played with Penny in New York for one year, 03, 04. On the Knicks? I, you know what? On the Knicks. I forgot I, that Penny I, played I on the Knicks. I think he stuck on Penny. I forgot Kid was even an option. I probably wouldn't have guessed Yao. I was like, did Penny go to Houston? See, on, so Yao was actually, and I'll, I feel less redundant now since Ryan actually guessed it. Yao was my first thought, and then I was like, he, I, I was pretty sure he spent his entire career in Houston, and I know Kid never played in Houston. Yeah, I, I, Kid, Jason Kidd completely left my memory. I got so focused on where Penny <laughs> until, right, until you made the statement about the block champion, I said my guess was going to be Nick Anderson. But I would have been wrong again. I was thinking like yeah. Ryan Artest. I was like, hmm. Yeah, we have a chance, Paul, to at least tie it this week. That'd be a good That's start. A I'll be happy. Unless he steals one of ours. Oh, it's true. Right. Don't say right. that. Why are you doing this? Well, I'm just being honest with you. Why are you like this? All right, Paul. Your man's. He's a two-time Pro Bowler, and he's an Offensive Rookie of the Year. And he's played with a Michigan legend in Brian Greasy, Mark Brunel, and Santana Moss. Should give Paul another hint of some Go sort. Um, we have talked about this man on the show. Uh, that's, yeah. That's, okay. That's now we got helpful. it. Oh great! So Ryan just got the steal. <laughs> well, you got ten seconds to figure it out, Paul. <sighs> Five, four, three, Clinton Portis. Two. Yes, wow. sir. Good job. We did well, him. Uh, did we do him in Star Bench and Cut? We did. We have, yes. So he played with Brian Greasy in Denver when Portis first got there. And then when he moved on to Washington, his first quarterback there was Mark Brunel. And Santana Moss was his wide receiver teammate there. Man, his career fell off so hard. Yeah, it just kind of (laughs) ended. Like, he was he was freaking money. I remember from start bench cut, like, he, he started off lightning and... He was really, really. He was good. he was the one we all started, I think, right? Well, we Frank all Frank Gore's bum ass was involved, so. All right. Oh, this is good. I'm tired of Ryan. We're all right. Life is all right. <laughs> all right, AJ. Your man's is a seven-time All-Star, a four-time Silver Slugger. He's won a batting title. He's won an MVP for a round in the playoffs. And he has won himself a World Series. And he's played with Todd Helton, Albert Pujols, and Aaron Judge. Give me the accolades again. Seven-time All-Star, four-time Silver Slugger, won himself the MVP of a championship series. Won himself a World oh, Series okay. and a batting title. And he's played with Helton, Pujols, and Judge. 
I don't think it's right. I gotta guess though. Thirty seconds. wrong i know it's wrong because he's not one of world series nope is it mark Teixeira? no nope ryan troy to whiskey no. no we all chilling at the holiday inn matt holiday, matt holiday. oh matt holiday yeah, started we'll off with that. the colorado Rockies. when did he play? he played on the That's yankees with Hell. judge his first year 2017 as a member of the new york yankees and he won a world series in yeah, 2011 with pujols yadi and molina and co the st louis <sighs> So, uh, that was ridiculous. Let's see. So I need to get the so since apparently this is the start of the season until I actually it's stop being two, lazy two and get two. the actual it's answers. Two, two and two. So, <laughs> so what was it? It was two, two and two. Yeah, we're good. It's yeah. a good start. Every, everybody gets two. Everybody gets two. <laughs> everybody gets two except for AJ. AJ, tell him why. Matt and I set you up. <laughs> what does that mean? The uh, very the first, first one. Ted Kluzuski. <laughs> what? Say that again. Ted Kluzuski. Ted Kluzuski, the, the first one. The, the, all the that stuff one, is they, true. They, they all that stuff is true. The razzle dazzle. I I found that on Facebook. Like that, that he's one of five men to do this. The only one to do it three. He did it three years in a row in the fifties. Yeah. He's the only man to do it. And I sent that on to AJ. And then AJ later on. I I told Matt. I said, let let's let's prank him. I'll sacrifice the point. I don't like. I don't care. It would just well, be fun to see. Well, you did sacrifice it because you still ended up doing three. Well, I still ended. Yeah, right. But um, yeah, it was just. I was like, yeah. I just want to see their reactions. I believed you. You had me. You a thousand percent had me. You know what it's like? It's like that. Uh, that T.J. Lang and Matthew Stafford. And Matthew but, oh my God, it is <laughs> like that actually. But it's it was really. Like but that. it was really funny because you guys like were setting it up perfect for us when you were talking about how hard mine are. Um, yeah, <laughs> I they are. They're so hard. I forget what else you said, but I was just like, "Oh, this is perfect." They yeah. really are. Played as we like said, well played. That was good. That was, uh, AJ, that was my bad, man. I didn't even see. Uh, I didn't even see you reaching out to me via chat to uh, <coughs> to ask me about it. I didn't even, it didn't even go off in my. Ear. I was right, yeah. So... I was wondering if you were gonna just let him ride the whole show and then tell him after we were done recording. <laughs> so then obviously. So it's two two one. Matt was it's two two one. just gonna be the a... bonus counts for AJ's thing. So yeah, it's two two. Yeah. Yeah. Two two one. All right. If y'all go to the chat. We are done with Who the Hell Are You? We are moved on to SBC, Start Bench Cut. We are sticking around in the 90s. So for this round, uh, we have the 90s wide receivers. No names, just stats. So we got A, B, and C for you. So option A for 90s wide receivers. Played all 10 years of the decade. Played in 139 games in the decade. Had 10,872 yards with 58 touchdowns, all of them receiving. Option B, 
Also played 10 years, the entire decade. Uh, quite a few more games in option A. He played 156 games compared to 139. But he had less yards, 10,238 total yards. Uh, 95 touchdowns, all of them receiving. And option C, also played 10 years. More games than A, less games than B, 146 games. Had the most yards, 12,078. And the most touchdowns, 109, 103 of which were through receiving. Did so, you say this was a Ryan, specific decade? I'm sorry. This is the 90s. The 90s, okay. Sorry. This is the 90s. So, Ryan. The champions were born. You got A, B, and C. Who you cutting? I am. I'm going to cut A. Because the touchdown discrepancy is so yeah. large to me. And there's a hundred other things I can factor into that, but we don't have any context around it. So if we're just looking at all these numbers, you have, I mean, even B, you have 600 more yards than him. But you have a, a little bit more than like half of his touchdowns. So if I can throw it to somebody and get him in the end zone, that's going to be uh, going to be better for me. And then with that being said, I think the start is obvious. The guy with the most yards and the most touchdowns, considering it's the only stats that we have to go on. Um, and it looks like he did some rushing touchdowns, or maybe those were kick returns. Who knows? But this this gentleman did them. So I'm going to cut C. I'm going to um, cut A, bench B, and then start C. Matt, remember All when right. you – hold on one second. Before we go forward, remember when you – maybe it was last week or the week before, you then gave us the three names and asked us to bench, start, cut them, and then we matched them up? Yep. I think we should, that's how we should proceed. Uh, yeah, agreed. Okay. And are we are we also doing, like, if we don't have changes slash – Yeah, like, I have yeah, – I, yeah, so. I have nothing to add to what Ryan said. Like, the dude – Okay. The dude see 2,000 more yards – um, a, a ton more touchdowns than A. So, and A was on the field less. Yeah, he gained 600 more yards, but had a significant drop off in touchdowns. So, um, and if he's able to play another 15 games, is he going to get 40 touchdowns? I don't think so. So, A A's cut, <laughs> B is on the bench, and C is starting. Paul. So I also agree, although I think it's a little more no. nuanced. I want to I want to throw a, a caveat into this because we always talk about you know naming names if we know them. I think the last person going should be allowed to try and name the names if they know them. That's fine. And then you, everyone else can guess. Oh, I, I think I I think I know two of the names. I so Paul, if you think you know thinking. who they are, you know while you're making your uh, assessment, go ahead. I mean, the third one should be really easy, and I feel like I'm stupid. I mean. I'm trying to think, because this is 90s, like just the 90s. Yeah, just the 90s. And I feel like the players that I'm thinking of played like half the 90s and then the rest in the 2000s, which is mm-hmm. obviously, obviously problematic. Like, like I'm trying to think, like, who put up that many touchdowns, you know what I mean? Like, so, like, the first one that came to mind was Marvin Harrison. And then I'm like, no, he played, like, probably half the 90s. I don't know how long he played. Randy Moss again. He what ninety eight? He was drafted or whatever. Or mm-hmm. I don't know when he was drafted, but um, I, all these players I'm thinking of, I'm like man, Larry Fitz, not like they're just they're not they're not old enough. And I'm like, it's you would think he'd be the easiest. He has over a hundred touchdowns in the decade. Like, but I honestly like I can't think like far enough back. 
One of them okay, probably got to be. don't think you know who any of these guys Michael are. Michael Irvin would be one of my guesses. I don't know which one. I, I, well, I think Chris Michael Carter. Two, when did I Chris think Carter? Chris Carter okay. three. That's what I was gonna. Because Chris Carter, I wasn't sure if he was more eighties or nineties. Okay, so. All right, so Paul, are you sticking with the same same order? So I am, but cut I do a, want to B. add. I think it is more nuanced. Like at first, it seems kind of cut and dry. But I would like to point out, so touchdowns are, A, they're obviously largely team dependent. Like, right. if you don't have the team to get near the end zone, and you're not a bad receiver if you're not housing 80 yarders every time. And that relies on a lot of different things that you can't necessarily control. And we see wild touchdown variation year to year in the best receivers throughout NFL mm-hmm. history. And so you look at player one and you think, well, man, yards per game no player two had 65 yards a game P- player one had almost 80 yards a game it's like a 13 difference when you really break it down but that's like substantial that's a that is mm-hmm. a very real difference on getting you down the field that's that is an extra ca- important catch a game and that really does matter but then you look at the touchdown discrepancy and the touchdown discrepancy is massive but it is it is difficult but i could talk myself into into cutting player two it's it's really difficult but then you could say well did player two get old and did his numbers dip and i don't know there's so many things i don't know the answers to and it's it's hard and so with the unknowns but i think this is much closer than it looks like on the surface i'm still gonna cut player a bench player b and then i think it's quite obvious you start player c but i i think it really is splitting hairs between player one and two when you really factor value and i'm very curious as to where their um where their overall value added lies and i'm gonna check i will find out so you guys have any guesses on who's a who's b who's c my uh, no i have no idea yeah like i said i think i think b is michael Irvin. i think c is chris carter i have no idea who a is Jerry Rice Ooh, when he was I old. About Rice. So, okay, all right. So you think? Okay. Um, I agree on Chris Carter being one of them. Well, Ryan, you are dead on on the names. The names are Michael Irvin, Chris Carter, and Jerry Rice. However, the order is a bit off because option A is the playmaker, Michael Irvin. Option B is he just catches touchdowns, Chris Carter. And option C is the goat of goats, Jerry Rice. I am 100% confident in the decision that I made then. 100% (laughs) I do, I do, I do find it ironic that the playmaker has by far the least touchdowns. I mean, yeah, but also also the most yards. And he he also had the best running game out of the three. So Michael Irvin was one, Chris Carter was two. Yep. Yep. I... Just change your opinion. On I got, I got, I got all those wrong. That's crazy. See, I like Chris Carter as an analyst a lot more than Michael Irvin. <laughs> yeah, but Chris I, Carter is a snitch. I don't want to be biased. Get your fall, get your fall guy. No, that's the opposite of a snitch. <laughs> you gotta get your fall guy. That's not a snitch. That is a uh, that is that is different than a snitch. It's not. Uh, you need a guy who will not that was, snitch. That was so good. Um, like, man. Like, <laughs> well, actually, so this is what I want. It's like so that's a- actual in advice. In 159 games, Michael Irvin put up 128. Hold on, Matt. I I got a bone to pick with you. Well, that makes sense. They just ran it in with Emmett Smith Hold every on. time. I got a bone to pick with Matt here. 
I gotta double check this. Oh, wrong, wrong tab. God, bless him. Wrong. He had 59 touchdowns. <laughs> so you said, uh, oh no, you no. This is Michael Irvin. Michael Irvin was the first one. Okay, you're good. You're safe. Yeah. All right. So I want to do this. Yeah, but I want to. I'm just checking a couple things. So while you're Jeez, checking a couple things, Rice it was better. like I didn't want to put Jerry Rice in here. You know, I wanted someone else besides Jerry Rice to go with Chris Carter and Michael Irvin. But the drop off of of anyone who played in that in that full ten year era, or like the names like you guys were all mentioned, like Marvin Harrison, ninety five on, so the first half of the nineties is not happening. You know, same thing with Terrell Owens, same thing with Randy Moss, all these great, you know, wide receivers that either ended before or started too late and it just wasn't a full decade's worth. These three guys all had the full decade's worth. So, despite it not Herman like, like, I, like I was going to put Andre Reed in here, but Andre Reed's numbers are not are not comparable in a lot of ways. So, despite it not playing out the way I said it, I'm actually glad that it worked out this way. Michael Irvin has way more added value per game than Chris Carter does despite the touchdown discrepancy. Chris Carter scored t- twice as many touchdowns in his career. And yet yep. Michael Irvin has way more added value per game. And that if I that would have put me over the top had I known that. And knowing that and looking it up, I would change my answer to cutting Chris Carter, benching Michael yep, Irvin. Too late. Well no, he asked <laughs> if it would change anything. And I and yes, it would change that for me. Alright, we're moving on to the hardwood. And we got nineties power forwards for you. <laughs> So, option A played 50, 550, 586 of a total 788 games for the decade. Wow. He averaged 18.3 points, 10 rebounds, shot 44% from the field, and 77% from the stripe, and averaged about six and a half free throws per game. Option B played quite a bit more, 748 of these 788 games for the decade, at 18 points and 10 rebounds, at 50% shooting, 74% from the stripe, and 7 free throws a game. And option C, damn near didn't miss a game, 772 of 788, a little less points at 17, half the rebounds, didn't shoot as well overall from the field, 46%, or 70% from the stripe, and less free throws. But the man could shoot the long ball, at about a 31% clip, averaging between three to six threes per game. So, AJ, who are you cutting? I think as far, like, I know Paul talks a lot about value, right? And I look at Mm -hmm. a power forward who obviously plays a little bit down low, but also can step out and hit a three. And is very durable, right? He missed, what, 16 games in that stretch of years? Like, to me, he brings a lot of value, right? Still Mm -hmm. five rebounds, you know, one less point than the other guys. He shoots, you know, better than the first guy, not nearly as good as the second guy. Uh, His free throw percentage is, you know, I'll take seven out of ten any time. Um so I think I'm kind of working backwards here, Matt, but I think as far as like durability value, what like the dimensional aspect of the game, he can be inside, mm-hmm. he can be outside. I think I'm starting number three. Okay. Um, And I'm sorry that I'm working backwards, but that's just kind no, of how I had to eliminate Don't worry. It's fine. Um, 
the other like and if I stick in that same vein it it seems almost natural to me to cut one because he wasn't as durable and to bench two because one shot worse six percentage points worse um, and got to the line less than the other guy um, same amount of rebounds that's a wash basically the same amount of points so look at those games and that shooting percentage I think I'm going to bench two and cut one okay Paul so this one was actually really easy for me, and I disagree with AJ. I'm cutting the guy that he started. Um, You're cutting the guy that shoots threes? That's your whole world in basketball. It is my whole world <laughs> when it makes sense for it to be my whole world. So I'm all about efficiency, right? And 31% on threes is less than one point per three-point attempt. Whereas I got Remember, this is this is a power I, forward in the 90s. Yes, and I have a guy that's shooting 50% from two, which is one point per attempt. And it's... I get it that it's in the 90s, so I don't expect him to be a great three-point shooter. But if he's not a great three-point shooter, he's not really stretching the floor for me. No, but b- but back then, shooting around 31% for a big man was It might have been good, but if I'm a coach That's why they then, let him shoot six a game. If I'm a coach back then, I'm saying take them because they're not hurting us. They're, he's, so it's not a big deal. Like, take as many as you want. Like, leave him open. I don't care. So I'm actually going to cut him. Not only – so his shooting isn't enough to overcome his shortcomings. Uh, ironically, he was the worst free throw shooter, which, as we know now, one of the great predictors of three-point success in the modern game is correlates very well to free throw percentage, uh, especially if you're going to be able to become a three-point shooter. Um, if you are a good free throw shooter, you can often develop that three-point shot. And it's not perfect, but we know that they do correlate. I'm pretty sure Dwight Howard is a better three-point shooter than free throw in shooter. The, in the modern game. <laughs> um, so he's not a good enough shooter to make up for the pack fact that he's pulling half the boards and even with those threes is not scoring as many points although i don't know how many shots he's taking um now thank god he doesn't get to the line that much because he's not as good at the line anyway but uh, the little bit of durability gains that he has on two and even the lot of gains he has on number one is not enough for me to keep him on my team i'm going to cut him i'm going to start to and that's pretty clear cut to me because not only did he start almost all the games, um, he scored and rebounded at a great clip, was more efficient, and got to the got to the line even a little bit more. So his slight free throw deficiency obviously doesn't scare me off. Was a little more efficient from the field and was vastly more durable. So I'm going to start him, and then I'm number one, who is a great option in his own right, is the perfect guy off the bench, and hopefully won't get hurt coming off the bench. All right, Ryan, you have any guesses on who these guys are? Uh, uh, I did, but it seems like it's too low of numbers for all the guys that I like. Would Charles Barkley. <laughs> yeah, like I would think Barkley's one, Malone is two, and then like Rick or Chris Mullen is three. All right. Just because of the three-point percentage. Barkley? But I don't know that any of those Barkley, right. I feel uh, like it maybe could be because maybe he tailed off at the end of the 90s. But he won only five boards, though, I wouldn't think. No. Uh, not, not a single one of these guys are a single one of those guys. Okay. All right. Let me there think. What about Horace Grant? Is he in the mix? No, he is not. Larry Johnson? What about, like, well, Clifford Robinson? Nope. Larry Johnson. Did, I didn't use Larry Johnson because he didn't come in until 91, 92, gotcha. and I wanted to get a full decade. Um... Who'd you say, Paul? Like Clifford Char- Robinson. You put Charles Oakley in here? Clifford Robinson is on this list. Uh, Chris Webber. Uh, Charles Oakley. Chris Webber is not on this list. 
He came in late. Big Oak Dog. Derek Coleman. Derek Coleman is on this list. Two or three. Let's go. Um, Derek yeah, Coleman's dude. number three, isn't Pissed he? Pissed great. Pissed and great, Derek um, Coleman. Who else was a power forward back then? Come on, Ryan. Um, I said Charles Oakley. No. I'm assuming Did he no, play for Seattle? He may have. Sean Kemp. Oh, what is his name? Oh, yeah, Sean that's his name. Kemp. I couldn't remember his name. Ah. So, if you had those three names of Sean Kemp, Derek Coleman, and Clifford Robinson, who I do you st- think you'd start? I still Kemp? don't know enough to bend. Uh, I, I would. Uh, I think I would. I start think I'd Sean start Kemp. Kemp. I'd bench Coleman and cut Robinson. I think okay. probably. Now Ryan, I, I I think I'd cut I Coleman. Think Ryan, probably, you haven't given your answers yet on A, B, and C. AJ so let me get said. those from you I know. first. So I was I was gonna start. Um, I was gonna start A. He's the best free throw shooter, and then I was gonna bench B because for the games that A misses. B comes in and he does essentially the same job. Okay. And then I was going to cut. So C. we all yeah, had. So I was half the rebounds, wrong. and he's pr- he's probably <laughs> the worst shooter answers. out of the the three different answers the, and the group. Ryan, off of those names, what did you think you would do? I think I would start uh, start Sean Kemp, bench Clifford Robinson, and then cut Derek. Cut Cole. I Derek cannot Cole. remember AJ? who Clifford Robinson is. To be honest with you. Big tall, big thin, dog. always wore the headband. Oh, Glenn Rock. Yeah, Never I mind. don't. Yeah. I, I think but, that I would start. So because of that, for Portland, he actually played for Detroit for a hot minute. Like so, did, but I so do know Coleman. that Coleman like was a lefty, right? Coleman was like George Foreman in the yeah. NBA, a little beefier looking. Yeah. And but <laughs> same, but I same also skin tone. maybe I could be completely wrong. But did he not? I feel like he's number three. So I feel like. Uh, whatever. I given the names, I would start Kemp and bench Coleman. All right. Well, in reality, AJ, you cut. Paul, you benched, and Ryan, you started Derek Coleman. Yes. Yes. And in reality, oh. AJ Gross. and Ryan, you benched, and Paul, you started Sean Kemp. Yes. So I did all oh. my three. And Let's in go. reality, Paul and Ryan cut, and AJ started Clifford Robinson. Names okay. make no difference, baby. No difference. I love that. I that makes me so happy. Look at Derek Coleman playing five games. The for best the part is I barely know those names. Like I don't like I don't know them in depth like I know today's players. But if you gave me those three, that's the order I would have put it. I couldn't yeah. have told you their stats, but that's the order I would have put Matt, it. Matt, what would you have done? Um off of names, I'd have started Kemp. Damn and right. probably benched benched Coleman. Yeah, actually, my man. Um, and cut Clifford Robinson. And looking at these numbers, I'd probably keep it. Although it's funny, like Coleman was a beast, but the problem is exactly what you saw. Coleman had issues with staying on the court, and Clifford Robinson was just Mister Freaking just stay healthy and stay out there and put up numbers and do what he needs to do. And he did it for like 15, 16, 17 years. Like, he had no problem having the longest career out of all these guys, and Sean Kemp was fantastic for a while, and then he kind of ate himself out of the league. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Paul, just, like, real quick, like, 30 seconds. Like, I was away. Why did you cut three? So everything I that three. I said, like, No, bogus? so here's the deal with three. Not bogus. So here's the deal. So his shooting prowess, the fact that he shoots three, sounds cool in theory, but he doesn't shoot them well enough to actually make a difference that I would want to defend him and stretch the floor with him because his 31% from three is less than a point every time he takes one. Whereas I got Sean Kemp at 50% on twos, that's a point every time he takes one. Like he's not efficient enough to really stretch the floor for me and and he doesn't shoot that well from the line either. 
compared to the other guy, I mean, it's not like he shot terrible, but he shot the worst of the three. And losing five rebounds and a point a game on that, despite taking more threes, his shooting deficiencies just didn't make up for it for me. I got you. That makes sense. And then number one, the missing. I didn't. I, I just needed him. to know three because that's who I started. So well, I, you're, I, you're good. Number one, the missed games didn't work because he's on the bench, so we're going to keep him healthy. <laughs> he needs to still tell you, AJ. I do. Come uh, on, AJ now. wasn't here. <laughs> All right. We're moving on to the diamond, and we're sticking with the 90s again. Of course, we've got 90s outfielders. I tried finding all three guys that play the exact same position, and I believe all three of these guys spent a lot of time of their career in right field. Okay. So... Option A, and AJ, I did the math correct this time between the 94 season and the late start of the 95 season. Okay. So we have the correct numbers. Option A missed 134 games. Option B missed 203 games. Option C missed 365 games. Option A had the most hits, 1,524. Option B, 1,366. Option C, 1,235. How many but games were did- there total? Are these all full seasons? No. Uh, well, no. I mean, well, no. The uh, the strike shortened season was 114, and then the following season was 144. Oh, so I got a minus game. Normal is 182. 62. 162. 62. So, and there's 10 seasons, so we would have 1,620 games. I think this yeah. is and pretty simple here. You said 144, so that's minus 18, and then you said 100, and how many was the other one? 114. 114. So that's minus 48, right? Yep. So 1,554 total games. Back to the stats. Option A had 204 home runs, B, 332 home runs, and C, 191 home runs. They were all, well, option A and B were similar in RBIs, 923 to 928 for B. Option C had the least amount of RBIs at 763. Here's where things get interesting. So option A had a 297 batting average for the decade, a 378 on base, and a 487 slugging with an 865 OPS. Option B had the worst batting average of the bunch at 265, a 319 on base, but a 499 slugging and a 748 OPS. And option C, a 288 batting average, the best on base at 394, the best slugging at 509, and the best OPS at 903. A 128 OPS plus and a 31.7 war for option A, and a 990 fielding percentage. Option B, a 115 OPS plus, a 34.1 war, so the highest of the group, but a 970 fielding percentage, the lowest of the group. Mm-hmm. And option C, a the best of the OPS plus at 141, the lowest of the wars at 27.2, and a middling level of fielding at 975. I think I know so, one. So, Paul, Paul, who are you cutting? I Wow, man. It's a real difference. So it is a, not just a statistical, like, boopy. So I, man. You got to remember, so if these guys played longer, like if they played beyond the 90s, their war may have shot up. No, this you know is just saying? a war for the decade. So this is just for that decade. So... It, yeah. Don't. Well, this Man, slash line and this war is just for this time. And that's right. why it's crazy. Okay, so without war in the mix, I would cut number two. Hmm. But I'm not cutting number two. In fact, I am going to end up starting number two. 
And this is me putting faith in what may just be a weird statistical anomaly. I'm not impressed with a 265, uh, which we know batting average overrated is now. We know that. Um, 748 OBPS, not an overrated statistic. Not that overwhelming. OPS Plus doesn't narrow the gap much. So I look at that and I'm like, okay, he didn't do a ton batting. And he has the worst fielding percentage of the bunch. Now, I do think this proves fielding percentage is a terrible metric. Very not good. Um, And statistics bear that out. But I think in this instance, it really bears it out. Because he is by far the best defender of the group. Not even a little bit close. And I'm just going to assume he has a cannon for an arm. And God knows what else he did defensively to save things. That his defensive war was clearly so... You're saying you know who number two is? No, I don't. Oh, I'm making assumptions based oh, on the okay. statistics um, because obviously he has by far the least offensive war uh, per game among this group, yet mo- much more than a sign- statistical insignificance is very significant the war per game advantage that player B has over the other two, which means that he had to be a much better defender than these other guys. Fielding percentage doesn't bear that out. I don't know what does. I don't know who he was, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my advanced metric here, and I'm gonna stick by that it is the biggest difference of any of the stats I'm looking at. So I have to start player B to be consistent here, and that leaves me with actually an easy cut of player A and War does bear it out the same. And I know that he missed the least games, but I can take I don't know 30 missed games a year, 35 missed games a year. It's not the end of the world. To get a better player, um, it's not. I mean, it is kind of splitting hairs, but we we're better on base, better OPS. Um, I think probably going to be pretty negligible on the defense. I think they're probably pretty even as a defender, despite that stellar looking 99% fielding percentage. Um, I, I'm going to start start player B, cut player A, and bench player C. Wow. Right. Ryan? Wow. Where are you going? Um, the same. So the, that was my thoughts just for slightly different reasons, not necessarily the war, although that obviously helps. But uh, with these guys playing, I think you said right field. Uh, you know, I wanted to look at look at their bats and what they could do for me. And player B obviously has the most home runs by quite a bit and then the most RBIs by, by not as much as um, – as player a does so player b was going to be my start and then i was to do i was going to bench player a um just the the same type of thing if i look at the home runs the other guy missed 230 more games than him but he only hit 13 home runs uh 13 home runs less and his war is you know pretty similar could he win me four games out of those 230 I, I think he could, and then the rest of the um, the rest of the batting numbers are pretty similar. Better slugging, better on base, um, worse batting average, and then fielding percentage. I didn't. Uh, I don't know how much like point one five is uh, like throughout the course of an entire season. If it's one error, or two errors, or whatever it is, but uh, it doesn't seem like it'd be that significant for me to um, for for me to really take it in play. So I agreed with Paul, but my reasoning was largely based on uh, home runs and what they could do with their bets. 
All right, so you're going cut A, start B, and bench C. All right, AJ, do you think you know who these guys are? Okay, um, I have a few names I'm going to toss out. I don't know exactly who's who. If I if I get the names right, I can I'll try to match them. But is Larry Walker one of them? No. Okay. Is Tony? Well, it's not Tony Gwynn because he never hit below three hundred. Um. Uh, Sammy right. Sosa. Well, give me your order first before we get into action. Okay. All right. Um. Do you agree with Paul and Ryan? I, yeah, I was I was to be honest with you, kind of zoning a little bit. When he started talking about war and fielding percentage, all that stuff, because I was like, I, I don't know where he's going with this. Um, <laughs> I love you, Paul, but sometimes you <laughs> say so many words that it's very easy to tune out. <sighs> this was a tough one. See, I think traditional, that I, I think traditional that, metrics make this yeah, so hard. But I think that like fielding percentage, I think you're being a little bit difficult on like. No, I think this bears. I think this excellently bears out how trash it is. Larry Walker's really not one of these, huh? Nope. Man, I'm, I'm sorry. I know that I I should have known this. The right. home runs make this discussion kind of crazy too. Yeah, the home runs do. Well, that's why I want I want the guesses. I want I want your you know your like order it really almost the inflates names. the value of home runs. War does, and I don't know, but you think so? It's weird because usually, so home runs are usually reflected in OBPS. Like that usually really... So a guy that hits that many more home runs, to have that much lower of an OBPS compared to the other guys is crazy. Yeah, but he also... Well, yeah. But, I mean, his average is also 265. <laughs> and what that te- what that's going to tell you is player two was more of a... He was all or nothing. Yeah, it was home run or nothing. He's not like... Player three down here, with like, he missed the most games and had the least amount of RBIs. You could probably contribute that to um, the, games the, the games missed. You know, I'm not saying that he would have gotten, you know, because he missed 100 more games than number two, that he would have gotten, you know, two RBIs a game. But it would have been closer. Um think even though durability is kind of a big deal what do you say paul you're starting to benching three and cutting a right cutting yes. one okay i think that i would reverse the order i think that i would start c bench b and cut a and i get it i saying it's wrong just because I feel like his bat offers me a lot more than just, you know. So, it, it's a lot of your how you want to build your team. Yeah, and Generally, I think it really is going to determine who these guys are. I'm really surprised that one of them is not Larry Walker. So, generally, I want consistency, right? Like, consistency is kind of important to me. Right. And so, player two being all or nothing kind of goes against that vibe. But breaking down these numbers... I feel like player two is a much better defender than the others, and you are on defense every single at bat. But how do you how do you break down the numbers if you're just looking at fielding percentage based on WAR so and I'm fielding not, percentage? So I'm I'm ignoring fielding percentage for the specific. Okay, of this. so 
So the war of player B is clearly statistically relevantly like quite a decent amount higher per game, yet he was clearly the worst hitter of the bunch. So he has a clear war advantage, which factors hitting, yet is also clearly the worst hitter. So that just widens the gap of what his defense had to make up for ground-wise. Now, until I pull the D-war, I don't know for sure. So, Matt, here is David Justice or Sammy Sosa one of these guys? Uh, Sammy Sosa is one of these guys. Um, Aaron Boone. No, no. I'm trying to think of like other right fielders at that time. I I thought right team though, they, Ryan. Who did he say? Aaron Boone. I said it was wrong, but right team. Aaron. Aaron yes. Boone. Yep. The Yankees. Mm-hmm. I don't know who their right fielder was at the time. In the nineties. Yeah, just give us the names. I I got one of them. Paul O'Neill. Oh, yeah, I should have known that. Is number one Gary Sheffield? Hey, my man. Well, who, what, what is Big the order? Gary. So one number? of these guys. So Sheffield's two. My guess is that Paul O'Neill's three and Sosa's one. There's no way I cut Sosa. So off of those names, Ryan, AJ, Paul, who would you start, bench, and cut? Um, so I would start Sosa, bench Sheffield cut the guy that I don't know very well. Star Sheffield, baby. <laughs> Give me that bat swing. Uh, bench bench would, Big Sosa. If we're, if we're basing this on the 90s, Matt, mm-hmm. I think I'd cut Sosa. Okay. And who would you start? Sheffield or O'Neal? I think I'd, I think Paul O'Neal is probably a better all-around player. So I'd probably start O'Neal and bench Sheffield. Well, all three of y'all cut Paul O'Neal. Yes, we did. Okay. Good. And Paul and uh, AJ. Um, sorry, Paul and Ryan. Y'all both started oh. Sammy Sosa. Yes. And yes. AJ, you started Gary Sheffield. The players bear out always. They, they, Except they don't, because Paul O'Neill's a much better defender than Sammy Sosa. Yeah, much I, better hold defender. on, hold on. A much better. I don't think better. that's accurate. You're going to hold Much on. better no, defender it's, than Sammy it's Sosa. It's 100%. So it's not true. It, according it to, is true. According to D.W.R., it's not true, so blow me. I just looked it up. So, first of all, Gary Sheffield was an atrocity on defense. He should not have been in the majors, according to defensive numbers only. That's that's a little bit of a switch. Wait, he was super so, good. wait, I I started C, right? So Sheffield was C, Sosa was B? Okay. Yes. Yeah. I, 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 I'm exaggerating a little bit, but Sheffield's defense was not good. It was not great. Um, O'Neal's defense was a bit worse than average. It wasn't statistically awful, but it was a little worse than average. He was not replacement level as defense. Sammy Sosa was almost exactly a plus and minus zero, just slightly over 18 seasons. And in the 90s, I think he was actually a slight plus, but I would have to do the math for the 90s only. Actually, I'm... Mm, yeah, he'd be a plus. I don't know. It's close because... Eh, 
No, he'd be a plus. He's got a 1.3, he a 1.6, a, a 1.7, and a 2.2. Yeah, All of his minuses were point half, point yeah. two. So he's probably 0.5, a plus 0.7. in the 90s, whereas O'Neill is a, a, a bit of a negative, and then Sheffield don't even bring it up. So according to Dwar, now listen, I didn't watch the guys play much. So in your, if your eye test is different, that's fine. I'm going off the only thing that I possibly can, and Dwar says Soso is the best defender of the group. Man, why is Gary not in the Hall of Fame? Because of the steroids. Yeah, I was going to say, for sure, steroid era. <sighs> I'm really surprised. Before that shit really blew up. <laughs> I'm really surprised, though. Sosa sit hit 600 home runs. Holy balls. Yeah, but... Yeah. Steroids? Yeah, I... I Gary at 509. <laughs> I mean, if you look... I'm not, I'm not disappointed, but, like, Sosa's... Sosa's 90s were not, like... He came out of nowhere in 98, right? So, like, you think about 129 of those home runs that he hit came in two years, guys, of those 335, <laughs> 332. Well, I can't – I don't know that when we're covering the – Yeah, I definitely should have used Larry Walker in here. <laughs> like, You know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. take those two years out. Paul O'Neill was the first guy then. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed is... that I that I cut him. Jesus. Because originally, Matt, I was gonna cut two. And then I was like looking at like the other like the deeper stuff. So Larry Walker, I mean, you know, two two yeah, right around three hundred, you know, uh, hovering around it for the first few years. And then in 97, exploded 366, 363, 379. Down year of 309 and 2000. Back to 350 and 01. And this is when he's, you know, 30, 31, 32, 34. His mid-30s were real, real good. Paul O'Neill's the most durable, too. And we were all like, nope. Deuces. Paul O'Neill. But see, that's the thing about Paul O'Neill, which is why I'm, like, disappointed in the way that this shook out for me, is because I would take someone like Paul O'Neill all day like if you just look at him higher higher batting average his on base percentage is second highest slugging percentage obviously the lowest right i'm trying to look yeah it's the lowest but i just he was such a good player (laughs) such a good player he one time bobbled a ball in right field and kicked it into the infield to stop a guy from going home that's awesome. Yeah, it worked out quite well. It was it's hilarious, but anyway. Yeah, that was that was a tough one. I mean I'm It's not... a tough one because there's so many conflicting statistics. Yeah. Alright, so we are done with start bench cut new game. And introduction of a new game. Actually only only one new game tonight. The other one's not quite thought out yet. In fact, I'm not even sure this one's really thought out yet. Oh, so we'll see how this goes. But this new game is the BFFFs. The Bassins Fantastical Final Fours. <laughs> so we will start with the heavyweights. And on one side of the bracket, you got Iron Mike Tyson versus Joe Frazier. Mm. And on the other side of the bracket, you got Muhammad Ali and Evander Holyfield. Oh, man. So we're just debating so we the merits of who advances. I feel like we, we need have... these a week in advance. Do you want something with these where I give them to you ahead of time so you can actually like look things into them? 
Because uh, if so, that's fine. I've got plenty of one or the other questions. That we <laughs> I'll can be get. honest with you. You can give them to us ahead of time, but there's a good chance that there's no way I'm doing any research beforehand. <laughs> Just because I think about the podcast on the day of the podcast. Which is why I ask you guys how many times every week. What day are we well, going? Well, that could be what something time? where, I, where I, I give it to you guys the day of the podcast. Like that morning. Yeah, that'd, that'd be fine. I, I mean, you could... Because we got some fun ones on here that, you know, could definitely have, you know, has a fun with a little bit of well, research behind Matt, it. why don't we try it this week off the cuff, and then next week you can give them to us in advance. Well, all right. Are you guys good with that, or are you not good with that, Paul? Yeah, I mean, we're going to do these tonight. You're the overanalyzer. <laughs> I want to be right. <laughs> Mike Tyson, Evander, oh, Joe Frazier, that was the fourth one. Well, no, but no, but it's Mike Tyson versus Joe Frazier on are we, one side of the hold bracket. Hold on. You say they're on one side of the bracket. Do they have to fight each other, or do we just oh, think yeah. it's the better fighter? No. Because now, now mat, like matchups come into play. I know. So on one side of the bracket, you got Mike Tyson and Joe Frazier, and the winner of this fight is going to fight the winner of the fight of Muhammad Ali and Evander Holyfield. All right, I'm advancing Tyson. Based on zero knowledge of boxing, other than the fact that I know Mike Tyson has a lisp. Tyson got knocked out five times, though. Yeah, but so did Joe Frazier by Muhammad Ali, no, didn't he? he got knocked out three and times. That's, uh, Joe Frazier did not answer the bell in the thriller in Manila. Um, and he did Frazier. get knocked out, but he got knocked out by George Foreman. Look, like, when your name is synonymous with being knocked to the carpet, like... That that is not fair to Joe Frazier. <laughs> I'm sure I'm, I know. I'm Joe. being What's, facetious. This is one of the greatest heavyweight champ. But yes, down goes Frazier is definitely in the lexicon. So his of only my three year old knows by George Foreman. My three year old knows down goes His only <laughs> So first of all, first of all, first of all, Frazier beat Muhammad Ali. Yeah, Frazier beat Muhammad Ali after Muhammad Ali sat out of boxing for three years oh, because he didn't fight in it. Vietnam. He beat Muhammad no, don't Ali. oh stop no, it. That he matters. beat Muhammad Ali after Ali did not fight for three years in his it, prime. Okay, so yeah, years later. It's like later, MJ coming back wearing 45 year, in his first later, game. When that, that ain't, that ain't MJ. Years later, when Frazier was out of his prime, Ali finally got him back. Okay. And and that's Still, exactly yeah. what's going to happen again. Yeah, Joe okay. Frazier is Joe Frazier is an all time great heavyweight, but he is because not Frazier's going to be Tyson, Muhammad Ali, and then Ali's going to be Holyfield, the and then Ali's going to be Frazier ass. again. <laughs> he beat an undefeated Buster Mathis ass. Who the fuck is Buster Mathis? Right. right. Stop it. Oh, I mean, you could be undefeated Stop when you're it. one and zero. Twenty three and zero. Back when it meant something. Boxing never nah, meant something. He was only fighting a bunch rigged. of plumbers. That's what I heard. <laughs> right, yeah. But bunch of milkmen. The only people. Bunch of grocery Joe Frazier. Joe Frazier lost to two people in his career. Muhammad Ali Which and is why he's going to beat Mike Tyson and lose Ali again. So, so who are you advancing, Paul? I, I mean, Tyson lost to nobody's, man. Hold up. Tyson threw Again, fights we are to talking nobody. about someone in his that career, had, that's true. Well, hang on. Hang on. You're right. We're also talking about there are there are out, again, what just like with Ali, there are outside circumstances with Tyson. Now this <laughs> Tyson brought on himself, but he's in the middle of a rape trial and throwing his girlfriend down the stairs when he got knocked out by Buster Douglas. Definitely was not in the right frame of mind. Then he goes to jail for years, comes back 
And now he's not quite the shape he was in, not quite the fighter he was, and still had good fights with Lennox Lewis and Evander Holyfield and whatnot. But Tyson missed out on his prime as well, Isn't but it was Tyson through his own doing. Isn't Holyfield for real? They were supposed to fight when they no, were younger, yeah. Tyson was supposed well, to fight when they were both younger. year old boxer. No. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh well, like coming up? I don't up? know if it was ever official. Hold I, on. I, there was, cannot there was a... have, I cannot have my boxers out here biting people's ears off, man. Yeah, Mike Tyson versus Holyfield 2020. I don't know if it's actually happening, but it was, like, talked about. <laughs> it was talked about because they both looked well, in great shape. Then let's let's do this for real, then. Switch, mm-hmm. switch, uh, <laughs> switch Frazier and... <laughs> All right, did Holyfield fight until he was 90? Kind of, sort of. Because I see a bunch of losses to people I've never heard of, like, but in the 2000s. Yeah, he hung around a little too long. I think he blew some money. I think he got caught up in something like he, lost a bunch he, of money. Yeah, haven't you all ever seen Back in the Game with Alex Rodriguez? He didn't. Uh, he didn't invent a grill and make millions. So he had to. He had to keep fighting. Man, I I don't know. I I to me Ali wins over Holyfield, and just. Again, on no boxing knowledge at ever ever because I've never seen watched boxing, but just knowing the names, I would put I I would pay money to see Tyson and Ali fight. <clears throat> the other guys, I w- would probably watch something else. <laughs> I think Ali and Holyfield would be a very entertaining fight, and I think Ali wins it in the end. I think I don't know if he knocks Holyfield out or if he just outpoints him. But I think a prime Ali does defeat a prime Evander Holyfield. The question here with Tyson and Frazier for me is, can Tyson knock Frazier out in the first six or seven rounds? No. Because if it starts going eight through into the championship rounds, I think Frazier has gonna, a better wind and a better take, head on his shoulders. I'm going to take Frazier over Tyson. I'm gonna... I didn't know I was done <laughs> talking. <laughs> hey, but before you do this? finish, what I think we should do is we should vote on these. So like, That's and then the winner advances. It's gonna be two and two. And then now we got, and then we got. Well, we have to have tiebreakers. I got a coin flipping app. No, no, no. The, we can. We Seriously, can this That's a great idea. Is a coin flip app. All right. So I. So let's do. Let's do Frazier and Tyson. I have Frazier. I have Tyson. I have Frazier. I'm biased because I want to see Muhammad Ali versus Mike Tyson. I've already seen Muhammad Ali versus That's Joe Frazier. That's not what this times. is. Ali won two of them. All right. Well, okay. So okay. So I think according... I think based. Hang on. Hang on. I, I think based off of the fact that George Foreman knocked Joe Frazier out and Mike Tyson is a harder hitter than George Foreman, I'm going to go with Mike Tyson. According well, to Insider.com, Mike Tyson beat Muhammad Ali in a boxing simulation. I I, I do see that. Um, There's video you know. of it. So, Mike Tyson is a lists, champ. Both lists have Frazier over Tyson. So, I do believe that he advances on tiebreaker if we are willing to. No, we're I, doing the coin flip. No, we're not doing a coin flip. We cannot. I'm not, do, I'm not using an outside source for the tiebreaker. I think it should be a, to, a coin flip. It's two sources. Matt, he, Doesn't matter. Matt heads for Tyson, tails for Frazier. Matt will cheat. I will not cheat. Matt, Matt, do Matt doesn't. What do you think? What, Matt doesn't hang on. Flip what do you? Coin well. It's a coin flipping app. It's not even me flipping it. What if your phone is biased against Frazier? 
All right, so we'll do two out of th- we'll do two out of three flips. Sure. Way more difficult. All right, first flip. Which was which? Hold on. Which was which? AJ? Heads is Tyson. Tails is Frazier. Okay. First flip was heads. Damn One it. for Tyson. Yeah, Second flip let's go was tails. Off. Come on, last ah! flip. Tails. Yes. No Frazier wins. Frazier moves on. See Outlasted how much more fun that is. Tyson. Outlasted Tyson. And that's exactly God. what Matt said. If it went longer <laughs> rounds, then Frazier would win. Oh, thank see, God. it well, all bears it out, like you were saying. Weathered the early storm. So Frazier goes on. All right. Does All right. anybody have Ollie losing to? Oh uh, yeah, Matt no. did. Holyfield. No. <laughs> no, I did not. No, he I did absolutely not. did not. I think it would be a very good fight, but I think I think Muhammad Ali would win. Well, would that ass. Okay. Um. So now we have Ollie and Frazier. Now how? Well, we already know. We already know this. This already <laughs> happened already two times three out of three times. But what are we? What are we in their prime? Are we? What age are we fighting these at? We are, yeah, I want, I, I want them in their prime. I want them at 20, 28 years old, no freaking war causing a problem. Ali is still fighting and training and in his prime. Same with Joe Frazier. And we get a phenomenal 15-round And now Ali wins. And I got Ali winning that one. So that's three. So there's your champ. Paul doesn't even get to say. Paul, do you think Joe Frazier would beat Ali? Both in their primes, no, no stoppage, no war shit, nothing that stopped Ali from doing his normal stuff. Oh man, it's so hard, dude. <laughs> I, the thing with Ali is Ali was quite a bit taller. He had a decent reach advantage. Faster. <sighs> Frazier got him when they were younger, man. He got him, and I know that he had he, the layoff. He... And... Yeah, that makes a big difference. It does make a big difference. He got At least working him, in a though. kitchen trying to make some money. <laughs> I mean, Ali also lost to some scrubs, man. No, not until later in life. No. He lost to Ken Norton. Later in life. No. Way earlier in life. Uh, no. After Vietnam, he lost to Ken Norton. He lost to All Norton of Ali's before losses. he beat Frazier. Yeah, I know, but it was still after Vietnam. It was after he lost to Frazier. Ali's losses came after the layoff. Bro, he was after his that's prime. That's fine, but he was thirty-one. Like, I mean, I that's so yeah, thirty-one okay, and not so training then, for so boxing. So then you can say that he only beat Frazier out of their prime. No, that caveat is political is politically gained and not for boxing. Reasons. I'm just saying, if you use the argument with Ken Norton, you also have to say he only beat Frazier out of their prime. He beat him twice. So LeBron, so LeBron I mean, only beat I'm Duncan out of his prime. I don't know, man. I got a 26-year-old Frazier, 28-year-old Ali. I think well, I might take Frazier. That's fine. Wait, and Ali's two two years older than Frazier, so he's even more out of his prime when he beat him? But he was even more in his prime Frazier when he was lost. Frazier was only kind of out of his prime. Ali was two years more out of his Look, prime. Look, I mean, it, it comes down to this, like... Anybody with one shot could pull an upset, but if you give them a five-round series or a five-match series, who's going to win three out of those five matches? Ali's going to win three out of them, three out of five. So, what does this mean? It means Joe Frazier was a damn good boxer, but not as good as Muhammad Ali. So they were. Is this a split decision? What the hell does this mean? Means my, means Muhammad Ali is the second world fight? champ and the sports car champ. 
Yeah, their second fight. The or their brightest. third fight, really. It was unanimous decision, the, sec the first fight. No, their third fight, Joe Frazier didn't answer the bell. He didn't come out of his corner. Uh, he was getting his ass beat that bad? Uh, yeah, he was beat the fuck up. <laughs> that might disqualify him from being picked as a winner. I don't know. I mean, he beat a 31 and Ali though. I know it. W I know when it was, but and he never lost until he was until George Foreman knocked him out. Like that was his first loss, man. What if we made our cases for each and didn't vote, but let the coin decide? Why was George Foreman not in this for? Uh, making grills. Uh, who am I replacing him with? Holyfield. Yeah. George Foreman was a bad motherfucker. Well, they all were. <laughs> Wait, how did Foreman never fight Ali? He did. What are you talking? I don't see. Okay, it. I'm not. I don't. I'm not see talking it. to you ever again. Are you Jeez. fucking kidding me? I don't. The see Rumble it. in the Jungle. I the don't. Rumble in the Jungle. Maybe the the most famous fight in the history of boxing. Rope a dope. Yep. The Rumble. The Rumble. Oh my God. I thought they fought too, but I get don't out of see here. It. Stop talking. I'm so upset. Let's move on. You, you're so you're, you're so done. We're, that, we're done with boxing yeah. with you. You are, you are the, fired. The 32 year old Ali knocked out 25 year old fight. champion George Foreman. Oh, I George In Foreman. Was, that's why he was way fucking younger. Holy shit! In Africa, float like a butterfly, that's sting what like I was a just bee. Ready to see. Hands can't hit. What the eyes can't That's see. What... Rumble, young man, rumble. Yep. Is it was it called a different place back then, or is it a different place now? Curious. I have no idea. All I know is that it is literally the most famous fight name in fighting: the Rumble in the Jungle. It has an unpronounceable location now. It's in the Congo, like... Kinshasa. Kinshasa is there now. Know. The Democratic Republic of the Congo. Twenty-five and thirty-two. George Foreman was forty and O already at that time. With, with and George, all right, George, all right, George all right. Foreman whooped Ken Norton's ass. You know, that guy that Muhammad Ali and lost. That guy's ass whooped. <sighs> I mean, he's two guys. Moving on, like number one and number two, right? To the next BFF Bassin's Fantastical Final Fours. We are talking NBA centers, and on the left side of the bracket, we have got Big hey. Shaq Diesel. Going up against Big Norm, a.k.a. Wilt Chamberlain. Mm. And on the other side of the bracket, we've got the cat himself versus, is it Hakeem? Is it Akeem? Depends on which year you're looking at his name. Akeem Olajuwon. Refresh my memory. Who's the cat? Cap. Cap. Captain Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Depending on which year you're looking at his name. Well, in the NBA, he was already Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. When, when he got drafted, he was Lou, wasn't he? For... Goats. He might have been. He might have just still been Lou when he was drafted. But I, th I don't know if that happened at UCLA or not. I... All right, so it's so, Will versus Steph. On this Will left side, the, yep, the two biggest centers in NBA history. When I say biggest, I mean as far as filled out size for their size. Shaquille O'Neal, no one like him before. Or definitely since at seven foot one and a half, seven foot two, depending on when you're looking at him, and weighing well over 300 pounds. That's a big boy. And Wilt Chamberlain, who was Olympian quality in track and field, as well as just being the biggest and baddest at the time that he was in the NBA, and strong as an ox as well, could actually take that pounding and go up against Shaq versus 
the more finesse w- centers on the other side with being Kareem and Akeem Olajuwon. Yeah. I think Shaq. I mean, I know so Will Shaq... was a fantastic athlete, but given, again, you don't want to hold the time period against him because I hate that argument, but he he dominated for a particular reason, right? Like, head and shoulders above everybody else. I, I don't think there's been a more dominant center than Shaquille O'Neal. I was just trying to figure out when 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 Kareem so uh, changed his name. God, I no way. Will Chamberlain had a forty-eight inch vert, five hundred pounds, according to uh, to uh, Arnold. At seven, at seven foot one, a forty-eight inch vert. Yes, he could literally jump out of the building. He could touch the rafters. That's ins- he could he could touch the top of the backboard. That's just stupid. That so is, that is pretty stupid. Shaq is dinged by the fact that he we don't know what MJ level dedication Shaq would have looked like. But we don't know, and I can't go on what I don't know. And Wilt has an argument in the GO status, and Shaq does not. Because Wilt did it on both ends of the floor, night in and night out, and Shaq didn't do it night in and night out at least not the way that will did and no matter what numbers you want to use they bear that out so i have to go with will and if you really get into it it's not that close it's it's pretty close and i know that it's a shock Matt because matt's all recent matt's all recency bias i'm stunned yeah you kidding me you picked someone that played when the colors were black and white listen but so will (laughs) players were only white I know Wilt had the athleticism. Wilt had the athleticism. He really did. It's not like Shaq was shooting threes either. Like I and I mean, so you take Wilt's athleticism, you would think he'd be a defender, a better defender than Shaq if they were both engaged. And you're not gonna tell me Shaq was more athletic than Wilt. No way. Oh no, <laughs> no, and not even close. Offensively, they're a wash. So Ryan, who would you take? Uh probably Wilt. It's uh, like it's so close though. Like I think Wilt would have been a dominant center in any era. You know, obviously you're not scoring 100 points and you're not averaging 50 points in the season. Um, and he's not even leading the league in assists like he did just kind of because he felt like it, which is crazy. But I mean, they had to change the they had to change the he rules never for did Wilt. That. I, guess, I guess they changed some rules for Shaq, but everything <laughs> Wilt did it was just like so. It was just so insane and. I used to think it was Shaq and Wilt just dominated a league full of, like, whoever's. Um, but then you start hearing, you know, he he wasn't an Olympic sprinter, track and field, whatever it was. Uh, you know, he had a 48-inch vert. He could bench 500 pounds. So thinking that Shaq would just, like, straight out-muscle him in the post um, is not something that I think would necessarily happen. Although I don't know how much, you know, he's, he's doing against Shaq either on the offensive end. But... I don't know. I'd, I'd probably take Wilt, but it's it is close. It is very it is close. I'm taking Wilt because of the athleticism, because of the fact that he is just quicker quick, than Shaq quick and question. can jump higher than Shaq. Quick question. And the fact that I'm reading stuff that he was able to dunk on a 12 foot rim 
pull change off the top of the backboard, which is 13 and a half feet high. Shaq's not getting up that high. Along with the track and field prowess that Wilt had of, you know, winning stuff in, you know, at Kansas in college, uh, Shaq did one thing and he did it really well. He was bigger and badder than everybody. Yes, he is bigger than Wilt. I don't know if he's badder than Wilt and he's going to get pushed back by Wilt. And on the other side, Wilt will be able to wear Shaq down and Shaq's going to wear down before Wilt will. You know that. It's just that body, that size. He's going to wear down before Wilt will. And I think that all works in Wilt's favor. So as much as I love Shaq and what he could have been had he had that Kobe, MJ-like, you know, want to really drive himself forward, he didn't. And Wilt did. And so for those reasons, I'm taking big numbers. Quick question. With 100% bias, I think our tiebreaker should be win shares per game. Well, we just went 4-0. and and <laughs> I don't know that we're going to have a... Well, no, we went 3-1. We, no, we, we went 3-1. Three three and one. And I don't think... I don't AJ think, take uh, AJ pick Shaq. Uh, I don't think we're going yeah, to, AJ but go, it's a good thing for nah, going flip. forward, too. I like coin flip. <laughs> Why are you guys like this? Because not everything has to be broken down by numbers. It can just be random chance. Uh, yeah, you got your way in the movie shit where we used your the freaking other stuff. We're using coin flip. Yeah, where Ant Man was a better movie than Black Panther, apparently. <laughs> My bad. So much better. I, I, I still like Ant Man though. It's a fun movie. It was so good. All right. <laughs> other side of the bracket, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. And Akeem Olajuwon. These two actually did meet up near the end of Kareem's career and the beginning of Akeem's career. Actually, for longer than that, let's see, I think about five years they had a good five-year span where Kareem and Akeem were able to go up against each other in the NBA. Yeah, but I don't know if this is as close as the other one. Like, and not to take anything away from Olajuwon because he was a very good center. But Kareem was nearly unguardable. With that skyhook. And there's a reason why he's in the discussion for, like, top five all time. Right? Or is... But some people consider him the GOAT. I don't, but... So, I I mean, to me, it's kind of cut and dry. I think I'd go with Kareem. I'm, I'm up for the Kareem train here. Yeah. See, no, no need for a tiebreaker. Um, Kareem has the most impressive resume in just the, the history of basketball in general. Like... Is Wikipedia, but you, man, you, like you literally need to scroll like four times to get through that career highlights and awards section. Okay. I mean, even as great as uh, even as great as Olajuwon was, I, I'm not sure he was even really close to Kareem. Matt? Uh, yeah, it's a it, oh, it's a clean sweep. No, there's no question in my you know this man will always be the first center I pick when I have a chance to pick a center. Um, so you know, oh, wait, foreshadowing way to, the, way to the, the championship, the <laughs> foreshadowing where I'm going with the championship round between Kareem and Wilt. But these two did face off as well for quite a few years near the end of Wilt's and the beginning of Kareem's. But there were enough years and enough battles where Wilt was dominating other people. He wasn't doing that to a young Kareem and Kareem with the sky hook. With the ability to make free throws, with the defense as well, the rebounding on, ability, and just it. the calm-headedness. Do not. There's you're just... being so intellectually dishonest right now. How? How do you figure? Yeah, when when fucking Will Chamberlain dropped from 30 points a game to 14, he was not the same player when he faced Kareem. I oh my god, I can't believe it. 
Come on, man. But I think I think this is a lot closer, maybe even than the Shaq and Wilt discussion earlier. Just given what you were saying about the athleticism of Wilt Chamberlain, Wilt Chamberlain. I I'm gonna lose this, but I am Team Wilt. I am Wilt's too. the best center ever. Wilt, yes, I, I yes, AJ. Yes, my man. And here's Yo, why. I think Crap. that if we if we if we take if we take that discussion about the athleticism. The athleticism can, in a lot of ways, neutralize what Kareem was able to give you on the offensive boards. On the Put offensive it this side. way. What do you Your mean? sky hook isn't going 13 feet, motherfucker. That's crazy. That's what I'm saying. Like, if, if Wilt can get that on the way up. There's... Unblockable because he never faced prime Wilt, bitch. So, I mean, he faced, he faced Wilt when Wilt was dropping 27 and pulling down 18 boards. I, I think I'm going. That sounds like that sounds like. How about you tell to Will to stop Bill Russell Will. first before 30, you send him up against Kareem? Thirty-three-year-old, thirty-three-year-old Will is prime Will. Okay, all right. Take it to the. F- is thirty-three-year-old LeBron still prime LeBron? No, it's no. not even close to prime LeBron. Twenty-six-year-old LeBron. Thirty-three-year-old LeBron was not prime. Not LeBron. even close. Yeah, I don't. I I'm with Paul on this one. I don't Twenty-eight, think it's the same. like, is the max I will give you. He was probably his best at twenty-six, twenty-seven. Take it to the coin, boys. That's so garbage. Thirty-three-year-old LeBron averaged twenty-seven and a half points. He's nine, a god among nine, men. I don't, nine assists and eight but and a half rebounds. But as a player, rebounds. no. That is thirty-three-year-old yeah, LeBron. Yeah, he's insane. He can average whatever he wants. He's LeBron. Like no one will ever come close to him in the NBA. We've had this discussion. Take it to the coin. It doesn't make him undefeated of father time. All right, what's head, what's tails? Chamberlain's heads. Just off at this. Kareem's baby. tails. All right, flip number one. Tails. Kareem. One for Kareem. Bitch flip ass. number two. Heads. Ooh. One Come for on. Will. Come back twice, baby. Final flip for the win. Your winner and king of the centers. Kareem Abdul. Yeah, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. All right, all right, that's fair. Hey, that's fair. Moving on to the next round of BFF. Bastion's fantastical final yeah, fours. Yeah, I guess Kareem did hit him. Did he? We got hit hitters. We got heavy hitters. We got a family affair on the left side. It is godson and godfather, Barry Bonds and Willie Mays. Oh. And on the right side, it's the original kings of swing, Babe Ruth and Henry Hank Aaron. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Hold on. I missed the very first one. Barry Bonds, uh, and, Barry Willie Bonds and Willie Mays. Barry Bonds, okay. But just based on their hitting, right? We just doing hitting. Just hitters. I know my answer. Ba- That's not fair. It's, Why you gotta do that fair. to the babe? Do what, what to the babe? The babe's yeah, offensive number. Yeah, but Hank Aaron is more athletic. I know so, they're insane, but you know, I mean, we, we can just... give it to him. Oh my god. Actually... <laughs> <laughs> in baseball, in baseball, especially when it comes to hitting, is a different sport. Yeah. Not talking basketball. Very on the left side sport. of the bracket, Matt Bonds moves on. I, I don't think that that's. I, I love Willie Mays to death, and I think that he's a great player. But when you're talking about pure hitting prowess, are we factoring steroids? Uh, but but We're Bonds never tested for steroids, so don't I don't know that you can. Uh, individual argument. You can I mean, individual. I mean, AJ doesn't want to bring in controversy, it's, but Paul, it's all, you know, it's you're all, all about it. You so, go ahead and bring it in. <clears throat> I'm all about it. I'm sure that it's close, but I just 
when you when you boil down the numbers and you look at the fact that Bonds like literally was walked with the bases loaded intentionally. Well, he was you on steroids. I, again, take it. I'm not taking that into consideration. I'm taking the stats on their be. face. I'm probably taking that into consideration. Okay, so then do that for your answer. But I'm me too. I'm moving on. So, Barry Bonds. <laughs> so we got two. We just need if this was if this was total package. If it was if it was total package, Matt, like defense and offense, I think my answer might be different. Um, but since we're talking strictly hitting, um, I'm I'm taking Barry Bonds. Paul, it's bullshit because I don't know how much the steroids did. This is not fair. Oh, like, I can't yeah, quantify. because steroids don't we improve your hand-eye coordination. But they do include your OPS if you already have the hand-eye coordination. You still um, gotta be able to hit the ball no matter. This how is right. We need on. we need a steroid coefficient. I need the steroid-adjusted numbers, and I don't have oh that. And it's bullshit because we can quantify it. It's we only just need alleged, to take time. so you don't even know your coefficient Stop. may you be non-existent. You should quantify oh, one also, third. Just take one third off of Barry's numbers from about nine. It's stupid because they both played twenty-two years 07. and they both played until they were forty-two. <laughs> they're so comparable. Honestly, it looks like they're the same player, except the steroids made Bond's numbers slightly better. Like that's what it looks like. Yeah. And except for batting average. Do I reward? Willie's got the batting average. He does, it. but that's but that is the pure skill. The steroids don't help with the batting average. Well, they do a little bit if you oh. exit velocity stuff like that can help. But it's but so slight. Three hundred two yeah. versus two ninety eight. You can take exit velocity, but whatever, it doesn't matter. So. Legitimately, I think the difference is steroids. So you have to make it like I think they would be the exact same player without the steroids. So then you have to quantify do you reward the numbers as they lay, or do you realize since they would be equal without the steroids, you have Another to take bonds for using uh, the steroids? Okay, so you choose willing, but, Matt. But but can you give him? Can you ding him enough to, for the fact that he still has almost 200 more stolen bases than his godfather? Do steroids help with stealing bases? Hold on, hold on. I thought we were just. Barry Bonds has I got thought we were just talking about batting. To me, it's all offense. Well, that changes the discussion a little bit for Paul, I think. Maybe. Yeah, I mean it. It probably should, but it's not like it's not like Mays didn't steal bases. No, he didn't. He had three hundred and thirty. And when Barry Bonds had five hundred and fourteen, but when Bonds was allegedly on steroids, he also wasn't stealing many bases. He's uh, he's he's lightly jogging around all those bases. But also, so I don't I don't have this answer. (laughs) I don't know how much the era impacted base stealing because they did play in very different eras, and I don't know. I, I don't know. But no. you got to remember that the, the stolen base and the art of the stolen base really kind of started to wane towards the end of Bonds' career. So, so it, it, the thing is, I, I am inclined to believe that stealing wasn't nearly as big when Mays played. You're crazy. You're crazy. I'm I'm just going off the numbers I'm no, looking the at. I'm not saying no, that's that, <laughs> I'm telling you it's wrong, so I wouldn't even build an assumption so based I'm, on that. Well, I'm curious yeah, to this then because despite all the extra stolen bases, despite being a better player, despite all of the extra home runs, all the extra home runs, <laughs> the higher slugging numbers, they have almost the same offensive WAR per game. Barry Bonds has the slight steroid edge, and it's slight. It's very slight. 
and they played pretty much the same amount of games. So it's not like there's a they played literally six different. Maze played six more games. It's not like they both played till they're forty two. So it's really all the same. I'm, and I I want to go with the player that played more recently. But man, I hate that he did roids. Was Maze ever accused of cheating in any way? No. Get out of <laughs> no. here, man. No. <laughs> Would they, is that a thing that happened? Was anyone no, that, from Maze no, they just weren't accused as good. of cheating in any way? Not. Maybe a pitcher with a spitball. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, like, steroids it. didn't happen? Some or Vaseline we just on the cap. No. Ster- were steroids what's, even around steroids? in the 60s? I don't know. Yeah. I no. wasn't alive. They were around back then. <laughs> Oh my there gosh, go. man! All right, well, we can end this argument. I'm gonna go with Bonds. Let's move I'm on. gonna you take Maze because your local uh, little league game five ten one seventy. Get your small ass out of here. Barry Bonds was about one seventy pre steroids too. So, moving on, we got Hammer and Hank and the Babe. So, Paul, I have a question: Are you gonna penalize Babe Ruth for his performance enhancing drugs of cigars, steaks, and hot dogs? <laughs> no, because those are all American performance enhancing oh, okay. drugs. Okay, okay. Cigars curious. are very American. It's got to be the. I, I don't. I don't care when he played. He's got to be the babe. I mean, come on, come on. Yeah, I mean, Aaron did have more home runs, but in four hundred more at bats as well. So almost another full mm-hmm. season's worth of at bats. Um, <clears throat> it's not even close if you look. At OPS more, plus is not even close. Um, nope, OPS isn't close. OPS isn't close. not close. Like, we did this, on, on you remember, I, I think it was last week, right? Like, we put Barry, uh, Babe Ruth's, like, slash line up there, and it was like... So stupid. He's so good. The only thing close is RBIs. Right. <laughs> so, so, the, so the argument that Hank Aaron oh, has... and run scored. They have the exact same number of runs well, scored. Hank Aaron played, like, 800 more games. I know, but they still have the same number of runs scored. That's all I'm saying for close. So the one thing, the one thing you could argue for Aaron, and that you can always knock Babe Ruth for, although quantifying it will be hard, and War tries to do that, but I mean, it's not perfect. It's far from perfect. I have my own beefs with it, even though I reference it every time we do this shit. Uh, Babe Ruth did play in the early, early, early 1900s, and Babe Ruth does not look like the kind of guy that would excel in a more modern game, although he's a baseball player. And we've seen plenty of baseball players that don't look like they would excel in a modern game. And as AJ is wont to do, if he had a modern diet and Man, exercise He'd look like program, Prince Fielder instead of Babe Ruth. Who knows what he would have looked like and done. Or so, how much better he would have been. That's So it, it's very hard to quantify, and his numbers are just stupid, and I can't argue against them, and war bears them out. So it wasn't just that he was... Okay, yeah, his numbers are ridiculous, but how were his numbers compared to his peers? Oh, they were still more ridiculous than anybody ever in the history of the game. So, <laughs> could you imagine being a baseball fan in, in the end of the 1900s? So, in 1918, Babe Ruth leads the majors 11 home runs. The following year, he leads the majors with 29 home runs. Nice jump up from 11, and you're just like, holy crap, how the hell did he oh, do that? Man, what the are following these year, he jumps up from 29 to 54. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, is there any is this dead ball live ball what is this i don't know what i'm this is, you're in the live ball you're starting to get are we just yeah, did we change the, the ball i assume yeah. we changed nobody the ball. knows no, i don't nobody is alive my history on that era, like the shift 
My history on that area, like in the shift between uh, my dead ball. My assumption is they changed the ball. Itself. Well, that I think your your stadium started. You know, you're wanting to get more fans in, so maybe you move in the fences a little bit too. But you got to think like I think it, I think it was around like 1915, 1916. Like Joe Jackson had like. Oh, here's something that involved it. The spitball was eliminated in 1920. There you go. Well, there you go with Babe Ruth's numbers jumping up from 11 yeah. home runs. So he, he couldn't hit a ball with a little moisture. He averaged, so if he played every game. The ball, hey, Paul, the ball remained unchanged until 1911 when it was made livelier in an attempt to increase scoring. But that's 1911. That's still before Babe Ruth I don't believe got it. going. But Babe Ruth came in in 1914, really came in in 1915. We, we got a baseball historian, like even more than A.J., I'm telling you, so, but you got to remember, like, these parks were all built into, like, city blocks. So, even, like, your home absurd. runs, yeah, they were absurd. Like, um, oh, what home was Home runs it? 500 feet. Oh, no, 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 no. There's one that's, like, uh. Do we know how different the bats were? Did anything change with the bats? I know they're wooden. Uh, I mean, freaking Babe Ruth swung, like, a 46-ounce bat. That sounds really large. No, nothing. Okay, so here's something that, that got involved. Apparently, before foul Wait, balls what? were not considered 38 strikes. ounce bat. I'm sorry. 36 inch, 38. So Babe Ruth just got, just got to keep hitting them. Well, you'd ah. think that would hurt his numbers. Yep. It used to well, be, to be too fair, that if you caught a foul ball off the bounce, it was an out. So that's give and take. Plus, to be fair, you still get to keep hitting but foul I mean, balls but if they didn't count as a strike, so extent, say you strike I mean, one yeah, and you foul it off, now it's strike two. Back then it was well, it was strike one again. I I think the catching a foul off a of bounce is a lot more. Not not, than not when the catcher was tired from his day job. Okay. So the ball was changed in the twenties. To help get rid of the shine ball, the mud ball, the the spit ball, etc. Yeah, and you, you start you to see the home runs the face, the ball. bear that out a little bit. Okay, so they yeah. changed the ball to help eliminate that. So, and we, but that was in the 20s. So Babe Ruth can't hit a ball with spit that on ball it. He's not hitting the 87 mile an hour slider. Give me, give me Henry Aaron. Well, what was happening? What was happening is, what was happening is that pitchers were dirtying the ball up so much that in dusk. It was the, like dead on impact. The, it, well, it wasn't even that. Like at dusk, hitters could not see the ball. Oh my god! These no, seriously, mother. I and, believe you. And so, it's absurd. I mean, you gotta think like these guys are spitting tobacco juice on it. They're rubbing dirt That's on it. So disgusting. All this stuff. Be, and and it actually there was an incident of a guy named Ray Chapman to play for the Indians. Like they were getting ready to call the game. They didn't call the game, and the ball was too dark. Hit him in the side of the head. Right on the temple, and he died. Right on. Oh my! God. I was yeah. really hoping this story didn't end in death. What in the fuck is wrong? <laughs> no, with it you? does. Yeah. Why? This well, is a family-friendly podcast. But that's what I'm telling you. At, with all the f bombs you dropped, there's nothing family-friendly. Those about this. get cut out, so, and this is 100 percent Matt's fault with this new right. game. So here's here's the big change for the ball inside for you, Paul. Balls went from being spun by hand 
to being spun by machines for a God tighter core. God dang right they did. Thank you. There it is. Case closed. But the numbers Science. bear that out. Like Joe call Jackson. Julius Joe Jackson hit 12 home runs in 1920, which was Jeff the highest Brinkus of his career. Or whatever the hell his name is. Sports science? Yeah. Is it Jeff Brinkus? It's something like that. I think. But I, I still think even with the change in the ball and all that, like Ruth is one of the better hitters of all time. I mean, the numbers would And Ruth also yes. went from, he was still pitching when he hit 11 home runs. Right. And he was still pitching when he hit 29 home runs. He stopped pitching after that, and then the home runs joined. Again, different, different era strikeouts. So he can let the, the coin same, decide. But he, he also walked way more than he struck out. No, what? Come on. What? Oh, you're a bum. You're a bum. No, I got, I got to go. I can't. I'd love to, it's but I got to go with like you. on this one. Yeah, I was going to say. So now we have the Babe versus Barry. Ah, it's a classic history Cheater, versus modern. Cheater versus the goat. I mean, yeah, I'm going to take Babe Ruth, who I eclipsed think I the shit out of Bonds' numbers without steroids. I, take steroids out of the equation. Hold on. Let me look at this real quick. Take take that argument off the table. Not saying, like, take the numbers away. Even with those numbers, Barry has a lower batting average. His OPS Plus is still lower. His, OP, his OPS Plus is lower. His OPS is lower. His slugging percentage is lower. His on-base percentage is lower. Um, stolen bases, whatever. Uh, RBIs, still <laughs> bases is way higher. Yeah, way higher. Uh, runs, he he has more. He runs. has more runs. By but he few, played, but he played more seasons. Play, but he also more has games. less at bats. So the fact that Ruth has a higher average and higher on base percentage, slugging percentage, OPS, OPS plus in more at bats, right? Am I looking at that right? No, less at bats. Okay, never mind. Forget what I just, just yeah, cut no, what babe, I was saying. Babe's got less yeah, at bats. I was looking at something else. All right, so Paul and AJ, you're going with Babe. Yep. So I want to. I want to. I have to add something very boss. important. I got to. All right, I let's gotta, go to the coin. No, hold on, stop. Yeah. Hold on. I need. I'm giving Ryan is, his wish. Hold on. This coin. is really important <laughs> because I will be actually pissed if the coin fucks me this time. Because this, the num, like the actual number that we have to compare them that makes sense, it is so astronomically far apart. Lid, literally, I mean, it is not. It, literally, one point. Hold on. Just get to the damn stat. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. Let's go to the coin. Babe Ruth's offensive (laughs) war was 28% higher than Barry Bonds. And that that is including steroids and factoring for era. A 28, which is massive. This number when comparing war per game is massive. Babe Ruth, 28% better offensive player when factoring for when they played and who they played against, and that's not knocking Bonds for steroids. Matt, it is, is such that, a there, massive. There, there's no factoring in Little Drysdale on you pitches. So Paul, so it's twenty eight percent higher per game. Yes, on offense. His, that's amazing. His offensive to the coin. Fuck you, fuck you, <laughs> and fuck your coin. What's what's heads? What's tails? Heads is Ryan. Ruth because heads is right. Yeah, heads is Ruth, tails is Bonds. All right, first flip goes to. I'm sabotaging your Vegas wedding if you. Fuck it's up a tails. Oh, Let's go. Oh, come on, Bonds. Flip number two. 
It's a heads. Oh, why? This is rigged because this happens every time. And one for the last one for the road. Bonds. Oh, no. It's Paul. It's Barry Bonds for the Kill win. Kill yourself. Let's go. Just the way Hang it should be. Okay. <laughs> I, I officially uh, resigned my game. This is your fault, AJ. This is it your is. fault, AJ. Right? <laughs> AJ, you hate the coin now. I do hate the coin because Matt... Uh. I would have thought. You know, sometimes I you die on. the hero, and sometimes you live long. But man, I'm gonna call you on the carpet because I would have thought, <laughs> with your deference to, um, you know, just basic intelligence, Paul's last start stat would have changed your decision. Oh, well, hang on. In, in reality, it absolutely did. But for the fun of the oh, show, we went to the This show has Why no integrity like now, none whatsoever. <laughs> And All right, Alice, on to the hardwood. To a veterinarian I can't do anymore. So we I'm... just did the hardwood. Oh, well, I'm sorry. This is a different kind of hardwood. We are doing in-game dunkers. Bowling. Oh. What is this? And on the left side of the bracket, we've got LeBron James uh, versus the human highlight reel Dominique Wilkins. And on oh. the right side of the bracket, we've got half-man, half-amazing Vince Carter. And the original Doctor of the Skies, Julius. Wait, Irvin. are are we doing like dunk contests or like legitimately like no, in game? No, in game. No, bro. In game Le- dunkers. LeBron does the same boring ass dunk every time in game. Oh, stop it! He's he done does. windmills. He's done windmills in games. Tomahawks in games. LeBron's not done a, LeBron's not done a three sixty in a game once. Oh my god! Give me Dominique Wilkins all day. Absolutely, uh, as an in game in game dunker. LeBron dunks with power. There's no doubt about that. But Dominique was a special kind of dunker. Yeah, bro, he's you, not threw, even you my threw one arm on this back list. and threw it in the hoop. Yeah, he's not even my favorite on this uh, list. But oh, you did that again. Oh, a third time. What? Oh, it's LeBron doing the same boring ass dunk every time. <laughs> oh my god, dude! <laughs> Give me Dominique all day. This is so stupid. Ryan? Yeah, Dominique. Matt? Yeah, Paul doesn't even get a chance to talk on this one. It's Dominique Wilkins. <laughs> Moving on to the right side of the bracket. <laughs> the man with the greatest Olympic dunk in history. Yeah, it's Vince Carter. Dunking There's over n- a seven-plus foot footer, Vince Carter. And the man with seemingly the longest arms of any dunker in NBA history, Dr. J. Man, look. I know Dr. J and, you know, all the hoopla around him for all the dunks he did way back in the day, but I don't think there's a better dunker of the basketball in the history of basketball than Vince Carter. Foreshadowing much? I'm just telling you. Like, I'm just telling you. Vince Carter Ryan, is where are you man. going? Whoops, hold on. So are, are we counting that Olympic dunk? Of course, it's in game. Yeah, it's in game. Okay, yeah, but I'm right. saying like game. all-star games are in games and stuff. Of so course. No, 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 no. That's not competition. The Olympics is still I'm competition. So well, Fuck. I'm so <laughs> bad at this game. This maybe, game Maybe sucks. not back then. I just wanted to be known. This game sucks. True story. But This so game's first awesome. All, first of all, you guys never played NBA Street if you think Dr. J is a better in-game dunker than Vince Carter. Out of control. I don't care if Vince Carter can put on a show and do shit in game. And I, I would like to read like just the absurd list of things that 
LeBron has actually done in game. But LeBron's game that that has already been decided. We're talking about LeBron has done a tomahawk. (laughs) LeBron has done a tomahawk from every angle you can imagine. He's done wind. He's done wind. He's done windmills. He's done. Oh my god! I hate you guys. Honestly. I on you all are out. Have of you ever actually watched any video of Dominique Wilkins in game, or are you just going off your level of literally dunks? I've watched so many dunk videos, dude. I probably have a hundred hours into dunk videos, and I bet you saw one hundred hours of tomahawks from LeBron, <laughs> <laughs> or two-handed slams sticking his arms out as he runs down the court. <laughs> I can tell you, it's going to come has, every time. LeBron has posterized people from the free throw line. That's not true. <laughs> not true. <laughs> <laughs> Find me he, that video. He, posted, he posterized Duncan, not from the free throw line, but he posterized Duncan and he posterized uh, Jason Terry. Yeah, sorry, he's not a more exciting in-game dunker than Dominic no. Wilkins. It's not even not a even trash. a question. And Julius trash. Caesar is Julius Caesar. Julius, Julius Caesar. Caesar? <laughs> Doctor J. Billy be, Bonds. That he's has got athlete. to be among the best <laughs> slips that we've had ever. Whatever his name is. Whether he was killed by Brutus or killed by Vince Carter in this thing, Vince Carter has to move on. So it it is Vince Carter. I thought it was closer, and like while you guys were talking, I just looked up top ten Doctor J dunks, Doctor J dunks. Not super impressed with it. He had the he had the one that I knew he had, which was like the cradle as he's running down the court, which is crazy. But uh, I didn't think it'd be enough to match Vince Carter's, and it was not. No. Hey, can you just – I just – I got a quick question for you because I, I want to cross-reference this. It's a grainy video. Can you remind me what number Tim Duncan wore? 21. Yeah, 21. Tim. Not only did Tim Duncan get posterized by LeBron, but he got posterized by LeBron from the free throw line. It was so not you can blow – you can There's blow no it. way. It is not from the free throw line. Put the video in the chat. There's no I way. I will. I don't believe it. Might have been like three steps inside the free throw line. Is – Ryan, is there a famous shot you can think of for Vince Carter, or is every famous shot from Vince, from Vince Carter a dunk? It's a, it's a Didn't dunk. he hit that one from the quarter, it's though? A dunk. Yeah, but he hit one in a playoff game or to go to the playoffs. Oh, he's hit plenty, but it's what yeah. do you really remember? It's the dunks, always the dunks. Dr. Could... J's most famous shot is the up and under from behind and around all the Laker defenders How... and underneath the backboard to flip it up and in. That's not a dunk. Sorry, Matt. How... Vince Carter's... Are dunks. Paul, how can you possibly say this from the free throw line? Did he put it in the chat? Look, okay, no, I'm I'm about to. I'm taking a screenshot. Look at where this man dunked from. It's not even from outside of the the black line. Oh, it was a three point line. You mean? No, it is. It is. It is in <laughs> he dunked from half court. It is in the paint. <laughs> he basically grabbed the rebound and just jumped and dunked on him. Are you guys looking at... This man pulled the Michael Jordan from Space Jam. Okay, hold on. Paul's so mad at us right now. No, I got to work my Microsoft Paint because this is ridiculous. Uh, Claiming the free throw line dunk. (laughs) Like, people give Jordan shit for being a foot inside the free throw line, right? Because it's not an actual free throw line dunk, which is perfectly fine. This, if you're claiming this is a free throw line dunk... Look at... Okay. Okay, I had it now. This is so goddamn... This is so, so fucking blurry. So do we have our uh, finals? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's Vince Carter and it's Dominique, Dominique Wilkins. LeBron is already and in there. And this is a fun competition. Oh, it's, well, it's, I, I, I did. Hold on. It's coming. 
Facebook. So can we talk about the finals, please, here? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll Because I'll do I this. think that we have two very exciting dunkers, but I still think that there's no better dunker in the entire NBA than Vince Carter. Uh, that I agree with. Vince Carter's um, – he wins it for me. Not only is dunk, obviously, over the, the huge dude in the Olympics, uh, but also his dunk against um, – it was against the Nets, I think, with or he was on the Nets, and he dunked on Alonzo Mourning, and it was it was incredible. I'm pretty sure he came from the bench when he dunked that one, right? Like that's where he jumped from. Yeah. Okay. He, like you mean came from baseline? No, like no, like he was literally sitting on the bench and just dunked on him. What? No. <laughs> Never mind. I, You're not getting my joke. Uh, I got it. <laughs> look at look um, at that launch point, Paul. Where this is not the same one. That's the wrong one. That is the same one. No, it's not. I mean, because that's a good five feet in. That is the same one. LeBron's not even in the air on yours. He is in the air. He, no, he's, he's barely in the air. No, <laughs> no, you don't even see Tim Duncan in your photo. It's Paul, the I'm going to be one. honest Mine's with you. from a way better angle. He's mine getting, is, a, mine Paul, is a ten times better angle. Paul, he's getting ready to jump off that left foot of his. Paul, oh you, God, you can there. see the launch point in my photo. And the two players that you see are behind LeBron in my photo are behind LeBron in yours. It is the same picture. Hold on. Two yeah. seconds. I have irrefutable proof that it's not, but hold on two seconds. Okay. Well, wait. Oh no! Yeah. Yeah, a Cavalier is in the front, and then a Spur is in the back. So this is six to five. See this? Six to five. Fuck. Oh, word. Weird. Hold on. Hold on. Can somebody tell me who they vote for <laughs> in this final? Yeah, I, 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 I said I vote for Vince Carter. Matt. Uh, who are the options? Dominique Wilkins. Dominique Wilkins and Vince Carter. Uh, Dominique, if you're beating LeBron, obviously you're the greatest ever. Oh my God. Anything. <laughs> Matt, it's why do you think it's an entertaining battle? It's a very Dominique was a very entertaining in-game dunker. The only one better than him in-game is Vince Carter. Of course. There we go. We didn't need the, the coin only one. Said it. And the coin Don't was three for three for this tonight. one. All right, um, so we move on. I want to see these Last pictures. Last question of the night. We are on to one or the other, and it's a very simple question. Would you rather be the <laughs> Would you rather be the butt of the joke and suffer what Mark Sanchez suffered with a butt fumble? Oh, gosh. Or would you rather be that dumbass that injured himself celebrating? <laughs> Whether it's the kicker who tore his ACL, kicking the after he kicked Martin the field goal, Gramatica. the the Steven, quarterback Steven that ran headfirst into the wall and <laughs> dislocated his neck. Tullick discount double checked his ACL and ended his career. <laughs> and that was pretty, that hurt my So soul. which embarrassment would you rather suffer? The butt fumble or being injured celebrating? What is so, the order of answering? Oh, it doesn't matter. I think Everyone it's a free for all. I think I'd rather be the butt of the joke. Oh no! Oh, oh yeah, what? No, one hundred percent. Because the injury can derail my whole career. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know people are gonna talk <laughs> about the butt fumble forever. That's fine, as long as I still got two knees. 
But if I'm but out here tearing my like, ACL, that actually no, affects my think life. About, no, think never, about it, though. You never – it doesn't matter what you – first of all, the biggest blunders usually happen to the worst players. You never get over them, ever. Like, you okay. never recover from them. So look at you – got, you got the butt fumble. You have Orlovsky stepping out of the back of the end zone. Stuff like that that happens, that is literally what your entire career is known for. Nobody remembers anything else. I, they remember I, that I, I guess, but Orlovsky's like still doing buffoon. good for himself now. Yeah, Orlovsky's doing fine for himself. And you know what? Every single Twitter thread that he has an opinion, it's brought up every that, single time. That, like, I'm not going to listen to a guy here's, that stepped out of the back my, of the end zone. My Ooh, argument to that, to I understand what you're saying. You that the worst things though. usually happen to the worst players. I get that. But I, I, I would beg the question of, let's say that that butt fumble happened in the year that Mark Sanchez wins the Super Bowl. Is anybody talking about the butt fumble? But he didn't because but he was I so understand. trash, and that's I what understand led to it. And so that. here's the other thing, too. But what if, so, but what if, what if a year, the next year, or you two can years, recover from injury and win the Super Bowl, which is a hell of a lot more likely than if you have blunders that this bad is stepping also, out of the end zone and butt fumbles. And your career. It's possible, but most people recover from their injuries. Listen, you have a gaffe of that level, you never recover from that. That is a what. <laughs> I think he meant to what? say a gaffe. Whatever. <laughs> Pronunciation. Doesn't matter. It does. For those of you playing Sports Carnage Bingo, you can mark another square. <laughs> Let's see. We've oh, had Billy Bond, Julius no one, Caesar, No one ever gets past Gave. it. That is, no matter what you do in your career, that is what you're known for. But Good, if so. you hurt yourself celebrating something, you did it because you had Wait. something to celebrate. You did something worth celebrating. And your career doesn't have to be over. Was that a 1T or 2T button? And it took you 15 months of your life to get over <laughs> I'm still waiting. And people still like, no, you I'm, I'm taking the like, injury that's what celebrating Martin all day. Known for. It, that's what Stephen Tulloch's known for, at least locally. I don't think anybody nationally cares about Stephen Tulloch. That's like, what, if I told you not, Stephen Tulloch, you'd be like, his, oh, yeah. If you're, he, he if you're evaluating his career, that's not the even the first three things that you think of. <laughs> uh, whose career? Tulloch's. Yes, it is. It's the first thing. Stop it. There, what? We, there's another. There's another shining Stephen Tulloch moment. Hang on. That, for the record, if you are thinking of Stephen Tulloch at all, it means you're a Lions fan, and that's what. Wasn't you he the one that was called for pass interference in Chicago or uh, Dallas? No. The phantom pass interference call. No, that was a Pettigrew. Oh. No, 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 hold on, hold on. No. Oh, yeah, 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 you're That's right. That's why I was a little or confused Ryan. what you you're meant, because right. one My was bad. a defensive player and one was... My bad. Yeah, wrong side yep. of the ball, yep. AJ. Yep. yep, that was... Right. So AJ just doesn't remember him at all. I go, Honestly, when you first said his name, I was like, who? Which is fine. I would rather not be remembered at all than be remembered for stepping out of the goddamn back of the end zone or... Literally but honestly, until I got on the Twitter, I had, I didn't even know that Orlovsky had stepped hey, out of the back of the end zone. Call me crazy, at least you're calling me. <laughs> I'm, I'm injury all day. Matt, what side are you on? Um, I don't like getting hurt. Not to you're, 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 your gaff <laughs> can lead. Do we understand? Your I'm good at laughing off my idiocracies. Like, this, this might be a hot take. Your idiocy can lead to injury. What if you get hurt while being an idiot? Then that it's then definitely happened in my Steven life. Tullick but if I get hurt from a butt fumble, how many how many people have done a stupid flip they shouldn't have and got their head blown off? Um, Javid Best, Hawkinson, so many people. <laughs> nah, I, I'll, I'll take I'll take the butt fumble. 
At least I'm known for something, and I don't get to cringe every time I watch it. I can laugh. Y'all just on the wrong side of history. If I'm seeing an injury, today. I'm cringing. Y'all on the wrong side of history today. Paul, we're the majority. And we are well over the two-hour mark, so I'm going to save the rest of one of the others for next week's show, which is going to save me a bunch of work for next week. Thank you, past Hey, Matt, my, my mic has saved you a bunch <laughs> so, of work. So, <laughs> Ryan, do the thing. Hey, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter, at Sports Carnage Podcast. It's the same like every single LeBron dunk on a fast break. <laughs> It'd be the same as the Facebook, which is Sports Carnage Podcast. Same as YouTube, Sports Carnage Podcast. And like, share, review, subscribe. Um, make sure you give us five stars. Anything lower, don't even bother. Oh, man, that was so much better than when I tried doing yeah, that. Yeah, that was week. a disaster last week. So welcome back for <laughs> Ryan Griffin, for AJ Riley, for Paul Roshan. I'm Matt Bass, and we're Sports Carners. Thank you for spending a couple hours with us this week. We'll be back with you all next week.